0: From downtown, this is Tim Kitzel from NBHM, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka.
1: This week at Nintendo Main, we all have Metroid, and we also have John Wedgworth here to talk to us about the OLED.
0: Oh, Chozo didn't.
1: It's all connected. Nintendo main podcast episode 292 your place to hear Nintendo fans go All Nintendo fanboy on the uh, latest Metroid game that is officially on the switch now it's officially out it's a wonderful day and we are your hosts I'm Trey it feels like March 2020 all over again Johnson
0: oh no I hope that's in a good way Uh, yeah Jeremy (laughs) <laughs> Jeremy Gone Bananas Mikowski.
1: I'm John Effected Knitter And hey, we have a special guest
2: John Switch OLED Wedgeworth
1: You sound so down, John How are you, how are you doing?
2: Well, so this was supposed to be a party <laughs> Do we want to tell that story now?
1: We can, talk, we can talk about it right off the top I mean, I figured that we'd start with uh, I mean, you know, we're, we always start about stuff we've been playing But we can start with the Switch OLED stories from you Tell us about uh, your adventure, about uh, ordering it and waiting and all the stuff, all the updates you've been giving me through the messenger on this.
2: Yeah, well, so it's been a series of up and downs. When, and I know some of this I said when I was on last time, uh, a few weeks ago. I, did, I pre-ordered the Switch OLED not because I was super excited about it, but because I didn't want to have to go through another PS5 fight for something I was so unexcited about. And my original switch was getting old and clunky. Uh, it was a launch day unit. It's you know it was su- seriously overused, and so I didn't think it had much shelf life left. So, I went ahead and pre-ordered the OLED. We got to launch day, and the package disappeared. And um, I thought maybe someone made off with it. Well, a week, almost a week later, they finally found it. They finally shipped it out, and so I have a switch OLED.
1: There it is. And it's-
2: nice. Yes, it looks great. It's um, <clears throat> the screen is way bigger, and the the picture quali- Look how small the bezels
1: are compared to. Yeah. The, let me. Uh, oh, you still have your other one? I'm sure. I
2: d- yeah, I do. I've got it right here with me.
0: Wow, that's a huge difference. Big
1: difference. Is a
2: huge difference, and the picture quality. Overall, the picture quality is definitely better on the new one. One thing about the new one that I might not like quite as well is um, it's the same resolution, but it's a bigger screen. So the pixel density is a little lower. The PPI is a little lower on the new one. And I actually think I noticed that in some cases. So, um, but the black, I mean, you know, inky perfect blacks instead of the deep blue gray that we're used to. So it's definitely an improvement. Uh, It feels great. It's a little bit more slender too, I think. Well, maybe not. It just appears that way because the Joy-Cons fit the same. So it can't be, it, it actually can't be more slender. Uh, there was reports saying the game card thing was hard to open.
1: Yeah, I heard about I, that, had, that it was different. Yeah,
2: I've had no problems with that. That's a piece of cake. I did, however, run into a problem, and it may be devastating for me. I had a one terabyte SD card in my old Switch, and I knew that you couldn't um, <clears throat> just move the SD card over and have all your games work. I knew you'd have to re-download your games. But I had all my photos and videos uh for five years, since almost five years since I had the original Switch on the SD card. And I thought, well, let me just put the SD card in and see if I can get those photos and videos over. And when the Switch OLED saw the card, the message it said was, um, this has been used in Air Switch. So you have to reformat if you want to use it. If you don't want to reformat, just pull it out now. So I turned off the OLED. I went to pull out the SD card. Now, this is a terabyte, so it's a little bit thicker. And it wouldn't come out of this slot. So I used a little mini screwdriver to kind of pry it out and it came out, but when I put it back in the old switch, it said it can't, it it detected that it was there, but it couldn't read it. And it kind of soft crashed the system. I tried taking it and putting it in a pair of Linux computers, a Mac computer, uh, and they don't even recognize it's there. Wow! You know, like going, going into terminal and running F disk to see what drives are there. It doesn't even show up. So what I'm, if I have, if I just ruined a one terabyte SD card and have to replace that, that's, that sucks. Cause that's expensive. But if I lost almost five years of photos and videos, that's, you know, that's borderline unbearable, but uh, especially when I'm like, you know, I already knew that this wouldn't work <laughs> at least on the games.
1: should always back them up first on your computer I before, sh- before putting it in there, Even even though, uh. I, I understand where you're coming from because I did I did watch that video that I think was a Nintendo Life or Game Explained did it where they were talking about transferring them over and they said that when you switch the file when you switch the card it says it's going to format it but it doesn't fully format it. and it did say that your videos and and photos would stay on there and it would only be the games that were that were deleted and you'd have to just re-download the games.
2: Interesting. That's what well, they said. I wonder, but hey. I
1: had a I had my own like you know nightmare just just trying to like transfer my what 500 gig card to my one terabyte card. And I just couldn't do it. I, uh, I transferred it like probably like four or five times. And every time I tried to put it in the switch, it just was like, not recognized, not recognized, not recognized. So eventually I just said, fuck it. And I put all my videos on my computer and just brief and just re, you know, just downloaded everything. And then I just lost those videos that were on there to the switch, but I do have it on my computer. I did back it up. So it is on mm-hmm. my computer. I can find them. They're just not, you know, they're not uh, organized in any way. They're, they're categorized by number, not even a date or anything. So if I want to find anything, I have to look like video, you know, look through every single 30, every single thousand 30 second video that I had. I, I hit the thousand mark because you can only hold a thousand videos at a time on a card. And I hit that because, because once you get there, it'll, you won't be able to record videos anymore. So I recorded a thousand over, I don't know four years or whatever whenever i because i guess when i switched the cards i must have just not cared about the videos or maybe i just hadn't been recording them on the card yet i don't because i feel like i had stuff going all the way back to like super mario odyssey and uh and like breath of the wild and stuff like that so i think i definitely lost
0: all my video from back then because when i switched to my newest card most recently i just like threw it off i just threw the new card in and didn't ever like bother with the other card i don't even know where that where that card is so i might have it (laughs) somewhere but It's all my, and you know, to come to think of it, I think I changed cards once before that as well. So I think I've just kind of thrown my videos to the curb each time without even really thinking about it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it depends on how many you save on your system and you can only save a hundred on the system and a thousand on the card. So there's a big difference. You can't just like put a bunch of them on your system to try to save them like that. So it's, it's annoying and it's, yeah, completely losing them in general. I mean, that sucks. I don't really know what to say to that. I mean you'll just have to, kind of you silly just silly have to make them again the cloud. You know? i don't think the videos do though
3: yeah it's silly that they don't because you have all the game files but the you know the other precious thing that can't be retrieved if you know if it's something like this happens they decide not to do that for some reason i don't know why but john i would try contacting nintendo about it see what they could do maybe they're willing to even take your card and try to get the files off or yeah yeah maybe at, at least mm. give you a, a, a new card you know they're they're a famously great uh, customer support system. There, they give out free controllers, free joy con, all that stuff. I think it's worth it to give it a shot.
1: Well, free, free, yeah. free fixes. I, I don't know if they would give necessarily give you a new card because it's not a Nintendo made card. I'm sure because I don't think they have any right. one-terabyte if, ones made by the company. But I think that if they, but they, they might they, look they, at they, it, they might give you. I, I,
3: I, would, I would think that you know if their products caused this damage to his card, that they would you know maybe give him some money or something i don't know what to solve the problem
1: i don't know they're, they're weird when there's a third party stuff involved and in i don't know but it, it doesn't it yeah. doesn't you should still call them and see if they can help you with it maybe there's been similar situations right. and, and they know of a way or to you could
0: see maybe the is there a possibility some form of formatting started with the new switch and then so if you throw it in there and do the format maybe it will save the photos and videos
1: well, not, well, you well, said you said now it's not even beginning recognized on anything though, right? Like it doesn't even exist as a card.
2: Well, on the Linux computers it, or on on the computers, it doesn't. The switch recognizes it. The switch recognizes there's an SD card there and it throws an error. Oh, okay. uh, I wonder. So so let me get this straight, guys. If I when the new switch, it's when it reformats the card, it's supposed to save the photos and the videos.
1: That's what I saw in a video, but I don't know if that's true or not. They said that it would only what it would only get rid of the games, but the videos would still be there. But that doesn't make sense if it's formatting the card it's going to erase everything on the card. Like that's what formatting is. Like formatting mm-hmm. doesn't only like erase some things. It erases the whole card cuz it's formatting. You Dude, know, that's so. uh, you know, that, that's I mean that, that's what formatting is. Like it doesn't it never like only does part of it, you know, like I don't know.
0: Formatting is like the scorched earth of data
1: stuff. Like mm-hmm. you're like, all right, well, it's just basically restart like restarting, yeah, it's restarting your card to like factory settings and all that stuff, you know. So
2: The last question I'll ask um and we can move on to you know, hopefully cheerier subjects, is <clears throat> should I try putting the SD card back in the new Switch and see if it offers to reformat it and see if it says anything about saving the video?
3: I think I would put a pause on anything and, and just call Nintendo, see what their advice is. Before you do anything else, you might do something wrong. and um, They might have the answer for you.
2: Yeah. And if, if not, then I can maybe look into... Uh, people who can recover lost data and see if they can find it that way right yeah okay yeah. all right so anyway i uh yeah this is such a bittersweet <laughs> thing for me because i you know my first impressions of the new switch are very favorable it's better in a number of ways and it's the same in the other ways and it, this was supposed to be a big party for me, a big celebration and i might have just lost you know a bunch of stuff so yeah so it's really kind of a rain on the parade
1: on a here. I mean, did, did you get to play around with it at all though? Have you played any games on it? Like just to, or were you just more focused on switching your stuff over?
2: Well, so I ran into that problem, but then I I did put a little bit of time into dread on. Okay, there it is. Yeah. So and now, since we're talking about Metroid Dread and we all four have it, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we can all how far... I, I was going to say, I, I want to I don't want to go like, obviously, I don't want to be spoilery because I know that some people probably haven't played as much as others. But I think a good way well, at
0: different levels, for sure. I'm I, sure.
1: I think a good way yeah. to explain where you are without explaining where you are is to say how many Emmys you have left. To kill.
2: Um, well, okay. So I've killed the I've killed the trainer, the training wheels Emmy, and then I killed the first real Emmy, and then I'm on my way now to go try to kill the second Emmy.
1: So you have five. You have five left. There's seven. There's seven Emmys total. And I just recently noticed that the map tells you how many Emmys you have left. It does. Because I had does. no so idea stick. how many it I have. It's very Shadow of the Colossus in that one. Yeah. So I have or I Metroid have, Two, I guess. I have one Emmy left. Maybe zero. I don't know. I
3: just started playing today so i only got about an hour or so worth of gameplay i think i just killed the training i mean that's it yeah
2: so what about you jeremy yeah what do you got three
1: you only got yeah, three, three left oh you yeah. have three left okay
2: three left we should you know i don't think it's a spoiler to kind of talk about how the game is laid out though when it comes sure. to sure well, I mean,
1: well yeah yeah i, I want to like i said i want to talk about it but i don't want to like talk about it you know i want to i want to I, I definitely want to talk about the game because i love the game i think it's incredible but uh but i don't want to you know give out too many details i one thing i did think about saying uh, uh saying to say where i'm at is uh is I have the I have the screw attack, so that means it must be towards the end of the game. Because mm-hmm. what I've noticed from replaying all of this Metroid games is the screw attack is almost always the last thing they give you. Is almost always the final item of the game, which wasn't true on this because I got a couple more items after that. So I was wrong, but but I was going to say I got the screw attack. I must be done, right? Because because every Metroid like one, two, and three all have like the screw attack being like the last thing that you get. So yeah, it but does Maru mix Maru up some was- stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, the Maru Maru is usually the first item you get in any Metroid game, and and mm-hmm. I'm not far enough into the game to have it.
1: Oh yeah, that was cool so, too. I guess we I guess we could talk about that because that's like the first few hours of the game. But I do I like that I like that they make you wait. They make you wait for the ball. You know, they make you wait yeah. a long time before the ball, and they make you wait even longer for the for the bomb. For the, I kept for the ball. Bomb. I kept
0: thinking that I maybe had done something wrong. Why I didn't have the ball yet?
1: Oh yeah. Cause it's not like right at the beginning of the game, you know, like most of them or like the,
0: yeah, I'm like, I'm like, was I supposed to go left at the beginning? Yeah. I just forgot to do it. <laughs> well, or like
1: uh, or like Metroid two, the game boy one, you just have the ball. You already have the ball when you start mm-hmm. and you already have missiles also, mm-hmm. which is, which is cool. And this one you have, you keep your missiles as well. Like you don't start without, you don't have to find them first, but yeah, it's a, I thought it was interesting where they kind of make you wait for the ball. And this, and I had to mention this, like what I think is like the most absolute genius thing ever. And I don't know why it took so many Metroid games to do this, but having ZL be the bot be the button for the bomb for the ball is so fucking cool. And I wish it was in every fucking Metroid. Instead of pressing down twice, it's so much smoother. Like to just, just press Z L and then you turn in. Well you slide and then if you hold it, you turn into a ball. It's great. It's cool. It's so I I mean the, the control in this game like, just blows me away. Like the things you can do. You didn't know that? How long have you been playing the I game mean, for? I- <laughs>
0: I did know that, but I just don't ever really do it. Like, okay, the the slide to the ball—I didn't know.
1: Oh, I do. I it, mean, I, I probably do it all
0: the time. done it. I probably yeah. done it and just not thought about it because there's a lot of like navigating through little passages and stuff. So I probably yeah. have.
1: I I always felt it was kind of a pain in the ass to press down twice to become the ball, and you definitely notice it when you pre- when you replay Metroid Fusion because there's a lot of times where you have to turn into the ball while you're getting chased by the S.A.X and it's like so essentially stopping yeah it, it really it really kills the flow which which makes me really wish that mercury steam would do a remake of fusion because they could make it really cool like just with how how good you can you can run from the emmy in this game i feel like it, it would be very great fluid. if they, if they yeah. did if they did a few if they redid fusion and like fix the controls about you uh running away from the sax it could be really cool i don't know not that they need to do more remakes i just like I just think they would do a really cool job with it because this game is a lot like Fusion. It, I guess, I don't want to. I said I don't want to give too much away, but it feels a lot like Fusion. Well, it
3: even it even very much references Fusion right at the beginning, showing or with well, it's the all infection about, and the X all, all over. X,
1: and... Yeah, it's all about the X parasites. Like the reason that you go to the planet ZDR is to look for the X parasites because there's because there was a video footage of them being alive still, even though you destroyed them all in the previous game so yeah so they are there i'd also wanted to make another joke of it of, of calling it a uh, metroid dread let there be carnage that, was another joke mm. that i have because if you i don't know I, like i said i don't want to say too much without it's yeah i don't want to spoil it but there's just take that and and maybe you get think, an idea what i mean with the characters I, I, and stuff
2: i think there is something that could be said and you know trey if i if this is spoilery to you go ahead and just edit this out in post um but i um the thing I really have liked about the way the game flows is the Emmys. They don't survey the whole world. They have like enclosed Emmy zones.
4: Yeah. And mm-hmm. the way
2: the the way the map ebbs and flows is it's constantly taking you into and back out of and back into and back out of the Emmy zone. Mm-hmm. And so it's um you know you're in the outer part the non Emmy zone and it's it's not tranquil because there's still the typical Metroid action you expect but there isn't this big high fat you know invincible fluid moving one hit killer that's right on your
3: head. Right. Could come at (laughs) any moment.
2: Right. Well then you step into the Emmy zone and they've increased the film grain they've increased the screen contrast they have that eerie Even the song is
1: the song is kind of irritating because it sounds like water dripping it's like Mm -hmm. you know it's not it's much different than everything else in the game And, and I love like how you're talking about how you can jump in and out of the Emmy zone. I love how like I don't know if you noticed, but every time you do that, it automatically creates a checkpoint, like for, for when you mm-hmm. have entered the Emmy zone.
4: Oh, it didn't And happen. it
1: kind of like auto-saves sort of. It doesn't save. It just creates a checkpoint. So when you die, you'll come back to that. But if you, mm-hmm. when you go through the door is when it, so if you're trying to like keep all your health up and stuff, the amount of health that you go through the first the door at first will be the amount of health that you have later. So if you want to like, you know, refill your health and then go through the door again, it'll, it'll save right when you go through the door, so... It's just yeah. cool stuff to kind of fuck around with when you're trying to create your own like uh, checkpoints and stuff, and like and same thing you can like go in and jump out of the Emmy zone and then come back in, and that's kind of like starting making your own like save state at the time mm-hmm. of of uh, what you're trying to do with the Emmy. And I've been using a lot of that as well. And they and they did that. I mean, they did that stuff as well with uh, Samus Returns. Like every time you got to a Metroid, they did a they did like an auto. Well, uh, they did checkpoint. And they also did a checkpoint after you defeated any of the Metroids as well, which is great. Like, so if you, you know, if you kill it and you don't have that much life and then you die, you don't have to come back and fight it again. You, you you just come back to where you beat it. So then you can try to, you know, which is kind of the way I was doing checkpoints for Castlevania Circle of the Moon and all that stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: I will say I had a boss in this and I won't. I'll just say I killed the boss, mini boss, whatever. I kill a powerful enemy and, you know, it always saves after you beat an enemy. But they died at the same time I did. So I didn't know if they were dead. In fact, like I before I had to come back and I they went, were gone. Yeah, exactly I came back and they were gone so oh, yeah. I actually but it was kind of funny because I went to my uh, videos I saved a video of it and I was like I think they might have died but I couldn't tell because I died at the exact same second and then I loaded up the game and I was like why don't I have very many missiles and I'm like oh shit it continued
1: yeah well there you go or saved rather yeah
0: so that's the thing I liked that happened today
1: yeah no it really yeah the, the checkpoint thing really really helps for the game I, I like it I like that a lot I was going to ask, uh, how many times have you guys uh, parried the parried the Emmys, or have you?
0: Three,
1: three. I've done yeah, it, about that. I've done it like twelve times.
0: I've done it four or five times. I've the pre- other night, I've I got had... pretty good at for it. I've actually been reason, recording
1: I... all of them <laughs> just for the fun of it. On the, I did it twice. I did I've twice recorded. in a row. Once, two times in a row. I did it in the water too. I was the most proud of that one because I didn't have the uh, water suit yet, and everything's way slower in the water. And I was pretty proud of myself that I could still. That could still parry the Emmy in the water because everything's much slower.
3: I guess I misunderstood. I I probably wanted it on um, the training mode. You okay. don't, so like when the Emmy when the Emmy attacks you and like it goes into the cinematic,
1: is there a moment there when yeah, you can? That's what I'm talking that? about. Yeah, that's that's parrying the yep. Emmy. So yeah, so, so when the Emmy when the Emmy grabs you and kills you, when it like opens its hand, it makes a noise. It goes, <clears> and <throat> if you hit it at the right spot there. You can knock the Emmy back and and stun it for like five seconds, and you can run away. That's cool. Yep, you can run away. Run the fuck
0: away! Yeah, yeah. But it's Mm -hmm.
1: a yeah. It's 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 hard to do, but but it's it's hard to do, but it's not that hard to do. You you kind of have to do it. You have to do it like right before the noise. You kind of have to anticipate. You have to hit it right before the hand spreads. But I I got pretty good at it for a while there. I got onto a tear the
4: other night. I
0: was gonna say I got onto a tear. I don't think it was last night. The night before I was. I can't remember which one I was fighting, but I, it took me several tries to beat it. And uh, I had done, like you said, Trey. i had created my little save state, and uh, so I just kept kind of using the same strategy that was starting to work. It took a while, but yeah, like I ended up like paring it. Like I think I did parry it twice in a row, and I'm like, oh, I've got it figured out. And it was one of those things where you think it, you think you got it, <laughs> and then I did it three or four times after that, but I still kept losing, and then. Eventually, I couldn't do it anymore, and I haven't done it since.
1: You get you got to anticipate it. I mean, you kind of come in and out. Like I did a bunch in a row, and then I didn't do it for a while. But it's it doesn't really bother that me that much getting killed by the Emmy because it's just you know most nope. your checkpoint is going to be not that far away. So and you can and you know and what's great is it doesn't start you in the Emmy zone. It starts you on the outside of the door of the Emmy zone, mm-hmm. so you can just leave and go somewhere else. I really like how they do that with the boss too, where you start before you get to the boss, so you can. If you want to go grind, you know, grind by like try to find energy tanks or whatever, you can go do that and then come back.
0: There's at least there's a there's at least one boss where you can't do that. Like you are literally like soft locked to fighting them.
1: Oh, sure. I mean, there's you can't really go get that much. I feel like they only offer you so much stuff. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, I think the first time I was stuck on a boss, I tried to do that. I was like, well, this sucks. I'm going to go see if I can get some energy tanks. And I couldn't find anything. You know, so I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm stuck fighting this boss. Like, I couldn't find anything that I didn't, you know. I feel like I'd gotten everything that was available there at the time. So, so I just went back and did it. But and there's a and there's parts in the game, and you maybe you've been there already, Jeremy. I don't think this is really spoiling, but there's part there's like a long section where you don't have to deal with Emmy at all. So they, I feel like they balance it really well. Like it's not that's all that's where I'm at. It's not all constant Emmy. Like there is like mm-hmm. a big part where there's just no Emmys anywhere. So. I like that.
2: But that I think, I think that's actually the magic of the game possible. Well, I mean, there's a, several things that are magical about the game. But I think the thing that gets me the most is the going into and out of the terror. You know, mm. that's what really evokes the, I mean, no pun intended, the dread, right? Because <laughs> you, know, you know you're going to go into this zone where this monster is going to be, you know, looking for you and then you get out of it and you can breathe and then you have to go back into it and suck in your breath again. And just, it's this, this up and down of, emo- of, uh, of anxiety and release and anxiety and release. And, and, um, that, that tension is wonderful. Yeah. Really I'm glad sense. they recognize
3: that it's not a survival horror game. Like say Resident Evil three, I think that Nemesis can come anytime in that game as I, as I recall. And that, that's something else, but this is an exploration game. So you are setting foot voluntarily into the Emmy zone. That, that's an entirely different feeling than something can get you anytime.
2: Yeah. Are you saying Berserk is survival horror? Because Evil Auto can show up at any old time.
0: Yeah. I've never yeah. thought Berserk is survival.
1: I've I've never thought of Berserk as survival. It's like sp- space
0: survival horror, which Dead Space kind of was.
1: Berserk, like the like the anime. What, what are you talking about? No, no the no, no. original.
3: There's mm-hmm. one where. It's like a smiley face that comes after you, and it can
1: talk. Mm. And it was creepy because it's got that eighty synthesized voice. Oh, it sounds like uh what's what's the one with the um, Sinistar? Sounds like Sinistar. Mm-hmm. Remember that no, guy? It so, comes and talks there? to you
2: berserk was an, originally an arcade game that came out in 1980 um and it had the synthesized speech and all that stuff but it had those robots those bulky robots with the eyes that just kind of went across like this and they would shoot at you and you would shoot at them and then eventually you the had like face evil auto would show up it was called it was evil like auto.
0: dual joystick right or i think so it, see I you could shoot in arcade- any direction
2: yeah, yeah. I've, never, I've never played the arcade game. My experience with it is um, the Atari 2600 mm-hmm. version and then later a little bit the Atari 5200 version. And that's that's the only experience I've had. But Evil Auto is in all of those too. Um, you know, uh, Evil Auto actually made a comeback in the instruction manual for Halo 2. Oh, that's <laughs> random, wow. Yeah, Oh, well, I remember what seeing it that because uh, I, it was a character profile. It had a smiley face that said Evil Auto or something like that. It just oh. showed up. <laughs> it. But it's just like, you know... That's one of those things that 90% of people just goes right over their head, right? And then right. The, the the people, I mean, Halo 2 was 2004, 2002, something like I think that. So. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the people who would have been old enough to realize what Evil Auto was would be on the older end of the people playing that. So it's like fan service for the for the geriatric millennials.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nice. It was uh, 2004 was Halo 2. Okay, all right. But uh, yeah. anyway, yeah. But, but yeah, is, is everybody uh, is everybody enjoying Metroid Dread so far? I'm
3: So I've, I've probably had the least experience of anybody. I've only played about an hour, as I said. What I can comment on is, one, the controls, as Trace sort of touched on earlier. I think the controls feel like they're just butter smooth. Um, I'm reminded of a game I played again recently, uh, the, 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 My Friend Pedro. It has that si- similar kind of fluid motion that that game had. Every button feels like it's in the right place. And the way Samus moves, she just makes you feel like like you're the badass. So that's fantastic. And then I also love the visual design. The visual design just really pops. Like everything about it, I think, is making the most of the switch. I love the colors, the contrast, the sense of you know, this is a sci-fi experience where you're all on your own. I think they nailed it. And it's the prettiest looking Metroid that I've seen.
1: Sure. I wasn't a uh, actually wasn't too hot on the on the way it looked at the very beginning just Do because it. just because I was like this doesn't look like Metroid this is too dark it's not bright enough like the first like the first few hours that I played of it I don't know I was like I, it didn't like completely blow me away when I was first playing it but it t- it took me a minute and then I was like okay now I get it now it's great but it was just uh, on that, yeah. I, I guess I was I guess it looked too just because I was so immersed in the other metroids I was like this looks too different I was like this is way too different than the other metroids like that's, that's kind of what I was saying from the very beginning. And also I was getting stuck a lot. So I was kind of annoyed with it. But once it's speaking of the control, once I realized that everything in the game can completely, can completely be, be dodged and that you could play the whole game without getting hit, it just kind of like blows me away. Just like how, how crazy that is. And it, it says that in the loading screen as well, that there's nothing that is unavoidable, unavoidable. You can dodge everything. And just to think about it in that mindset, and you have to for a lot of the bosses, and it became like mm-hmm. kind of fun to be stuck on a boss because you're trying to learn the boss and you have to find the way to, to dodge everything. But you it know, almost but you has know like that a it's punch out kind yeah. of feel, yeah, yeah, kind of. Mm. And it even has like tricks like that as well, sort of, you know, mm-hmm. because because there's the parries that you can do, you know, which will go into their own cutscene and you can, you know, and you can shoot them more and stuff like that. And, that and sometimes makes it it's even like a like, series
0: of things you yeah. have to do.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, there. I don't. Not I, I won't say what it is, but there's a boss that you get to later that you can't kill them unless you parry them at the end. You have to parry them to kill them, which actually reminded me a lot of Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow on DS, where you'd get all the way through the boss and then you had to draw this fucking thing on your DS. And if you didn't do quick enough, you wouldn't beat the boss. And that's what I felt like with this guy, because I'm like, it was so hard for me to get to that end part. And if you don't do it quick enough, you get killed and it, it just brought back the terrors it's like, like uh, of trying to draw Bowser. shit on the ds you know at the at the end like it's like you beat this really fucking hard boss Baletta. and all you have to do is draw it and you can't draw it a way where you get where you get eaten and you only have one hit point and all that shit the part i can never get past yeah that's kind of yeah. similar sure well but even uh, if you but even if you get past that there's still more like it, i did get past that battleetta part and there's still more shit after that and i still died but yeah, it just, it reminded me of that where I was like, oh, it's like, oh, this is like Dawn of Sorrow. It's like I, and I, cause in, cause the other, you know, Samus Returns on 3DS, which is fucking great. I'm act- I'm actually almost done with it. I, I'm at the very, very end part of it. I've been playing it. I've been kind of playing it simultaneous with this as well. I've been kind of jumping back and forth, but I, I was playing that also in intense, intense, in anticipation of a uh, Metroid Dread, but I'm all the way to the very end part with the, with the Metroids, you know, where. Which where you, where you see all them and all that stuff in Samus Returns. And what, what I liked about Samus Returns is like there's the parries in there, but you can still beat the guy if you don't do the parries. And this game, not so much. There are characters where you have to parry like they may see it, it kind of.
0: I thought it was the opposite from the reviews I had seen, but there there totally are points I've gotten to where maybe you could do it without it. But it makes such a huge difference that you might as well learn. You know that, how to use it, and, and once you do, it's fun. That it's one boss, like I a, don't
1: think you—I don't think you can beat it without it, though, because every time you shoot it, it goes to the parry, and then you miss the parry, and then you have to shoot it some more, and then it goes to the parry again. I don't think you can kill it without it. Like you have to do it at the end. This one, this one boss, I think you have to do that every time to destroy it. I don't know because I didn't live—I didn't last long enough <laughs> from missing it enough times. But instead of like you know falling over, it would still go to the parry animation, and it'll just keep doing that.
0: Well. I'll tell you how much I like this game, two things. I was not for sure that I liked it at first because the the Emmys freaked me out too much, man. I just didn't <laughs> like it. I didn't want to play it. Like they scared me. And I was just like, I can't deal with this. This is too stressful. I well, wanted a good like exploratory Metroid, but I've learned through you know, playing long enough that the Emmy are just their own little kind of mini game built into like the entire thing, and sure. they're actually it's really fun if you look at it that way and you don't get too stressed out. But, um, but I ended up, uh, while I was playing it, you know, I would maybe do other stuff on my computer and saw Wario 64 post a link to these going on sale. Speaking of
1: Ami, you got, you got the fucking Amiibo. I wanted that That Amiibo. I couldn't, I mean, I, I kind of looked around a little bit, but I didn't see it and I haven't got it, but it looks, it looks great.
3: I I thought I went and picked it up at the GameStop. There was two. And I was number eight in line. And I mean, of course, they're looking pretty. And so I had enough time to sit there and think
1: about, hey, do I want it? I
3: would but, have bought it from you if you And they snapped them right up.
1: Like, I, I mean, it, so it was gone by the time I got to the front. They also could have been reserved. They could have been reserved by people, the ones that were there, you know? So maybe people. No, the, the
3: guy said specifically that we didn't
1: reserve Amiibo. So it was first come, first serve. Oh, okay. Yeah, but if there's only so, two and there's like. So
0: three, what I did was uh, Wario 64 posted they were on sale on best buy i went there and it didn't work so i just kind of gave up and then like an hour or two later i was just still had my twitter feed open while i was playing metroid and he posted it again i'm like oh okay well i'll try this time and it worked and i was able to pick store pickup for my store and it let me do that do that so i just went and picked it up today and when i went to go pick it up not only was the associate really nice and gave me like some kind of like pokemon and some sort of Pokemon like code but, that gives you extra stuff within Sword and Shield. I, I don't ooh. know for sure what it is. It's like Gigamax Pikachu or something.
1: Yeah, there's like a, I mean there's like gifts and stuff that you can put codes in. I mean all the the Pokémon have had that since the internet, but where you can get extra That's pretty cool. Uh, but uh stuff.
0: she gave me that and then she also like like while she was like going back to get my Amiibo, which had the big stupid sticker on the front of it again. But luckily <laughs> it just peeled off without leaving a residue. So, your heart uh, dropped though when you saw that sticker. It did. And i actually, like when I walked up to the counter, I was like, I could just see it back there. I'm like, that's mine. Just like sitting there <laughs> with the big ass sticker covering up mm-hmm. Samus. I'm like, that's definitely mine. And, uh but back there in the back, it, this was the store pickup counter. Switch OLEDs. I saw like five of them. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> ooh, yeah. And then scattered around. Yeah. You were like,
1: I haven't been able to find a PS Five. I, I got uh, some money. Mm. I I looked online.
0: Well, they weren't for sale for sh- for sure.
1: I looked online just for <laughs> the fun of it to see like what they're going for, and they're going from like what, like four fifty to six hundred, I think, right now on eBay for for OLEDs. If it's... The Amiibo
0: are going for around forty five to fifty right now. Like yes. people will buy them up if you list them pretty quick sure. at fifty.
1: And that was what twenty five. It's 30, so 30. Yeah.
0: I probably will just open it up because they're cool.
1: I, I was going to say, you know, if you absolutely hated the Emmy from the game, you could take that Emmy Amiibo and like burn it or throw it out, throw it out your window or something. And you could find a I way like to Emmy. to like, you know, get your rage out of the Emmy, out on the Emmys. Yeah, they they really don't bother me, actually. The bosses. I've grown to like them.
0: They're like, yeah. uh they're basically like a Samus without morals.
1: I thought, uh. I thought the I thought the bosses were much tougher than the Emmys. Actually, those are the ones where I was like, "Fuck you, fuck, fuck this shit, fuck off." You know, like where I was. Yeah, like,
0: the bosses are tough.
1: Yeah, but I but but some of them, but I they're li- fun. Some of them I like because yeah, there's like you you get a little bit farther every time, and you kind of figure it out, and you get to the point where you can go a certain amount of time without getting hit at all. And that feels really cool. Like mm-hmm. there was this one boss I was doing where I could get like over halfway through the boss without even getting touched because I had figured out how to dodge everything. And I was like, that's fucking badass." I mean, I want to watch, I want to watch people who are really good at the game play. I want to see somebody play through the whole game without ever getting hit. Cause I think you can do it.
3: I think, I think it's So possible. even like having, having just seen this a, a little bit, I think this is going to be a great and popular speed running game. Cause mm-hmm. not only can you see how fast you can go, but you can see, Oh, can I go through it all without getting, Hit and just dodging the whole way.
1: I, I want to know it's, hit run. It's yeah. gonna be
3: really fun to watch. Yeah.
1: I think it can be done. I mean, just because you can dodge you can dodge everything. That's what's so good about these games. And it was same it was the same way on the 3DS. Like there was a there's this one boss that's like this giant robot which everybody hated that's like towards the end of the game. And I was and I was kind of playing it all day and I kept getting, you know, I was like, Well, this sucks. But then I watched a video that was just like, okay, here's how you dodge all this stuff. And once you know how to dodge everything it's not hard anymore like same thing it's like try to get as far as you can without getting hit and i could get it i could get to like the third phase of the boss without getting hit once at all like without a single point of damage so it's just like that's the way all the bosses work and that's the way you have to like think about it when you're going into it it's just like memorize the way the attacks are and figure out how to dodge them and then just do that and just try to not get hit at all you know and then just that's how you do it and that's how you make it through the game. And if you, you know, and if you fuck it up a couple times, hopefully it's not enough to lose your shit. Cause a, a lot of, some of, some of the hits like will take a couple bars of energy away, like depending mm-hmm. on what it is. So you got to be careful. But I think it's meant to be, it wants you to learn how to dodge everything and to not get hit. So that's,
0: yep. uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, because I just made it to the third zone. I, I'm terrible with remembering these names. You leave the second zone, briefly go to the third zone, get the charge beam, meet the, the yellow Emmy, run from it, and then go back to the second zone to fight the the green ME. Um But I noticed going from the... I didn't notice a big difficulty curve going from the first to the second zone, but I noticed going from the second to the third, all of a sudden the, the uh, general enemies just take so much damage off you if they hit you.
0: Oh, that'll yeah, keep yeah. happening from my experience, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if you got to this yet, not to, I don't want to say what it is, but the zones will also change as you go through the game, and I think that's really cool. Like, I always love that shit. Where, like, it, it's kind of a lot like Fusion, where, like, it'll be different. Like, you'll come back to one and it'll be completely different as it was, as it was before, than it was before. Hmm. So I, I like that. There's that it,
0: I've seen a little bit of that. It, it, it will
1: different. change. It'll completely change and be, like, some stuff will not be... It, it's it's an it's a cool way for them to alter the path that you go through, but not actually creating like invisible walls, but kind of, also, but kind of creating invisible walls through the story. Like this is why you have to, uh-huh. but certain things aren't accessible because it's changed because of whatever events. Like I, I like that. Like Fusion did the same thing like that, where like the elevators would be down, so you couldn't like go from one thing to another. So you had to like find secrets through the walls and stuff like that. That that's just really. I was like, I love that. I love it when like a level that you've been to already is completely different now because of some sort of change in the story. Like that's awesome. Like and and of, and also like the 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 characters that the creatures will change as well as as you go, which is which is great. So it's and I, and I don't and I don't really feel like I don't really feel like you necessarily have to backtrack. I feel like everything was. Well, I mean, I, I did I did had many times where I got lost a lot, but. A lot of it is, stru- is structured pretty well where there's like uh, teleporters and stuff that kind of like try to put you in the right area of where you need to go. If you kind of know what you're doing, you can put the stuff together and all that stuff. There was one there was one point where I had to look at a guide just because I was tired of running in circles. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't know what to do and I'm really not having fun. So I, so I kind of just tried to like look up a guide as spoiler free as I could. I just basically looked at like, what do you do when you get this item? and it's like go near go near this thing and that's all i read i didn't read anything after that i'm like okay fine i'll go over buy that and then i was able to figure out what to do next so
0: it's the exact same thing i did because uh i did the same thing with super metroid a little bit where i'm like i'll just say what do you do after you get this yeah exactly this upgrade or whatever and it'll be like oh well in this game it always seems like it's something nearby involving that item well I had just completely spaced and gone some other direction because I was backtracking and I couldn't find my way back. And so I basically I looked at it up and they were like, "Go back to where you got the thingy." I'm like,
1: "Okay." Yeah. And then I
0: figured out you could look it up on the map. Oh where yeah, where the thingy was, and I found it. I love the map so in much. In fact, the map is so. In cool. fact, well, yeah. I'll say on the guide it said go back to Arteria, which is where I'd gotten the item. I think. Yeah. area, whatever it's called. I think it's Arteria. And so I at least. So that's all I really got out of the guide was go back to there. And then once I was like, oh, go back there. I like stopped looking at it, pulled up the map, pulled pulled up the global map, figured out where I got the item, and then just walked back to it and uh, found where I needed to go on the way. But I was lost for at least two hours probably. And I mean, luckily, I was going around getting missile upgrades and stuff. In fact, I got a couple upgrades that I don't even know what they're for. So that's how lost I was that I was getting upgrades to an item. I haven't gotten yet.
1: Oh, I got those too. where it says yeah. it says un, unnamed. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I, I have a couple of those as well. I, I mean, I know I know what they are. I know what they're for, but
0: I know what they are, too, because I've seen the symbols on the map where I've tried to, like, get through certain walls. Yeah,
1: I, I know what they are because yeah, I yeah, like, well, it's got to be this because I don't have it yet. But, but yeah, it's a, the map, uh, the map in itself. We have to talk about just because it's so cool, like you can it's they it's it's just genius like i don't know why metroid didn't do this already but you can it'll show you like all the boss areas and where the bosses were and it'll show you the items that you got and it'll tell you whether you got them or not and if you like see an item it automatically puts the item on the map or if you like shoot or if you reveal that like a block is a certain you know needs to be destroyed by a screw attack or whatever that'll be in the map as well and you can like isolate specific things and, like, have it search all the other types of it. Like, if you want to find, like, missile doors, it'll show you, like, all the missile doors on the level so you can go and find all the things that you need to unlock. It's just, like, so cool. I didn't know
0: you could do that, until you just told me right before we started recording. So...
1: Yeah, you just... Like,
0: I did... All I figured out was, like, how to highlight... So I figured out where I could highlight all the different things so I could at least see where everything was, but I didn't know you could, like, search for individual, like, door types or blocks that you break a certain way. I didn't know that was a thing.
1: Yeah, you just press, like, Y, and it'll, like, have a little yellow frame around it. And then and then you can just look at the map, and it'll show you, like, all the other ones that are like that, so.
2: Oh. So I just blinked on what I was going to say.
1: <laughs> Were you going to talk about that guy from the... From Halo Two <laughs> that you were talking about earlier. Well,
2: you, I, I suppose you guys saw me looking at the manual for Halo Two. Those I did find it. Famous. That that wasn't what I was going to say. Although I did find the Evil Auto reference. Evil Auto. Anyone with us. Halo. Yep. Yeah, anyone with uh, Halo Two that still has the instruction manual. It's page twenty-one of the instruction manual. It shows a screenshot where it's the pre-game lobby, and someone had chosen the smiley face as their avatar, and they named themselves Evil Auto. I very much doubt this will be. Uh, something you'll be able to see in the chat but i'm going to try to show you it's the top one
0: i sort of can imagine i see it
2: yeah it's there uh, i believe but there was something there. i was going to say there was something oh i remember what i was going to say um i had a i had a situation where i got stuck in bread and <clears throat> i went ahead my mo not just for Metroid but for all games is i try to figure it out myself first and when i find myself beating my head against the wall what i deem to be a sufficient amount of time then i'll go to the google and try to get the answer and in i I don't think this is spoilery i don't think this is spoilery but in the very beginning of zone two you get in there you move logically there's two ways you can go and both of them take you to lava and so it's like well where do i go in the elevator room instead of going through the door to the right you blast a hole in the wall on the left and that's where you go and i had to google that yeah and I that, I didn't figure that out on my own.
1: Did anybody accidentally see any spoilers online that, that you weren't trying to find? I no, kind I, of
0: did. I kind
1: of did. I, I did. I did I've, too. But it wasn't it wasn't really a spoiler but it did kind of Nintendo already said it. It was involving Kraid, which we all know Kraid's in the game. Like they showed yeah. Kraid mm. in the trailers like it's not a big deal. But uh I saw on Twitter somebody showed that you could that if you that you could like sequence break the game, you could get the uh you get the bombs early and you can attack Craig with the bombs. And I saw the video of somebody doing that. So I was adamant about trying to get the bombs before I got to Craig, but I just could not find them. So I still had to fight Craig, Craig not Craig, uh, Craig, <laughs> <laughs> Craig. Yeah. You know, see, now, now we'll see now. I'm thinking like, now
2: I'm thinking like Craig T Nelson.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> From coach, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, there was a that was the one time where it was like, damn it, I wish I wouldn't have seen that and that was just somebody posting it on Twitter being like, Oh look, you can you can get this and you could do this other attack that you can do. But that's really neat too. Like I like that there's even like cutscenes that are in there for specific ways that you could attack them if you find mm-hmm. a way to get an item before you're there. You know, like that's great. Like there's just different ways to break the game and you know have it do things that it's not supposed to do but they know that you're going to do that so they add the extra cutscene and stuff in there that's really cool that's really thought I, out you know
0: i saw that too and then i saw there is one thing i saw which i'm just going to run for you guys too because yeah I ran, no i'm just kidding i want to do that <laughs> no i saw it was just something that i think to the story which i ended up passing that spot since then but it's just something that I th- it may have been more impactful if i wouldn't have randomly scrolled by someone's twitter video where they like posted a little clip and they had said something like and i just went by it so fast but i still was able to read what it said in the meantime like,
2: damn it i've been deliberately trying to avoid all that stuff
0: yeah i should be but i forget yeah. I, I even stopped following metroid on <laughs> because i was following metroid <laughs> to try to yeah, so yeah, i omitted yeah. <laughs> metroid for my searches and it still happens yeah you well, tried, fortunately, tried i, I, was, I was
3: literally off in the woods this weekend with no internet and so I avoided all the spoilers by default. That's part of the reason why I, I didn't play it until today because I just got back from
1: a vacation where I had no internet and all that.
0: Where'd you um, guys go? I mean Were you had you it in? I mean you
1: had it physical, so you could still play it without internet. I mean like you you, you yeah. bought the game. Well, Did well, you stay I, in the state? Yeah, I was I was in the state. I was on the west west side of Michigan by Lake okay.
0: Michigan,
3: uh just north of uh Grand Rapids and I was off in the woods and all we had there was a little twenty inch TV. Yeah, I felt wow, that was my appropriate way. Yes,
1: <laughs> I mean your switch. You could your yeah, switch is a TV though DVD you play player.
3: And, you know how did I survive? But um, yeah, so I didn't. I decided not to even try Metro, even though I had the cartridge. I picked it up on Friday and then I left for vacation like two hours later. So I made the decision right off. I'm not going to even try it until I get back on Tuesday. So that's what I did
0: you didn't need yeah. to worry about it getting spoiled so that's kind of cool yeah. so now we
2: need to now we need to get people to like write and write spoilers print off internet pages with spoilers and like hide them in a tree in the woods
1: call you call <laughs> you on the phone hey by uh, the way uh, yeah.
0: do, do <laughs> sky like sky writing, like hire a sky rider to be like didn't then they do that when dumbledore died or whatever they're like State kills more I think somebody did like a skywriting above, like uh, people well, you, that were like at a, at a line at a bookstore.
1: Well, I, rem- that's also <laughs> things. I remember seeing. I remember seeing people saying that Han Solo died on in Star Wars in Xenoblade Chronicles X on Wii U. Like so, that's like, true. Yeah. You remember that? <laughs> there wasn't. <laughs> um, uh-huh. They were like they, they were like commenting because because there was a thing in Xenoblade Chronicles where you could like hire people. Sort of other players to like help you, you know, like you could hire people with higher levels to like help you beat beat people, beat bosses and stuff like that. And there was like kind of like a chat area to it, and yeah, people were just spoiling the shit out of Star Wars on there through Xenoblade Chronicles. I was like, what? Splatoon two as well.
0: This is hilarious.
1: I mean, I Splatoon two, they'll do
0: it as their like little thingy.
2: There was, um, I think, there was a T-shirt. Back to the Harry Potter thing. I, I I didn't get into Harry Potter until just before the final movie came out but um uh, my wife was into it a long time before me and she said that some bastards went around with t-shirts that said like page 634 snip kills (laughs) you know yeah it's like better ruin it for everybody but we should we should find someone who will drop leaflets like it's kind of funny because i bet (laughs) some
0: of those same trolls Would love J.K.
1: Rowling now. Yeah, I was gonna say like hopefully you hopefully (laughs) hopefully you got to Harry Potter before it ended up being you know toxic. I mean well whatever. It's some people still like it, but it
0: can exist as its own. Some people it's kind of hard to hard to
1: separate from it. I know like Jessica can't can't watch it anymore. Because of the association with uh, J.K. Rowling, I her. mean that person's
0: still around being toxic. Yeah. The to author, so and her, and her help, turfness but, and all that. But also, she's like retroactively changing the meaning of things, and then yeah, I, it, in kind, you can go through and you can interpret things in certain ways too. Like, well, what's she going to do next? So it is kind of like not as fun as it used to be. But you know what? I I got into Harry Potter at a good time. I was working at a, a day camp and all the kids there loved Harry Potter. The first movie was about to come out and they were all reading the books like when they would come out they, they you know. Some of the kids would have the books they were reading, so like I decided, hey, I could talk to the kids about Harry Potter if I read it too. And so I just like read it, and, and it got, got really into it. And plus, my brother was really into it too, so we had something to talk about as well. I think for
2: me, I, I understand the difficulty when it comes to um, liking Harry Potter in light of the diff it, the things that J.K. Rowling has said and done uh, more recently. I think my perspective on the matter is is one who's changed personally so much you know i want to judge people by where they where they are now versus where they were then that kind of thing and so like i wouldn't want to i don't know that i'd have a, i think i'd have a much harder time supporting jk's current stuff mm-hmm. but it was it was it it was stuff that made good memories, uh, in, in years past, you know, or, but like, like I said, I think it depends. You have to separate a person into their epochs. Like I wouldn't want someone to judge me today based on what I was 10 years ago, you know? And so I, I, I guess I, I wouldn't, I I certainly can't get behind what, who and what she is now, but I I, I try to divorce that from those works that meant so much to us in earlier days.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, people can still like it. I'm just saying it's hard for me to separate it, I guess. That. especially the gamecube
0: game because trey bought me that for <laughs> yeah <laughs> my birthday one year the chamber of secrets
1: yeah, gamecube game the one that was like zelda and it was kind of good i guess
0: I didn't they re-release the that on some consoles later like they remade it or something
1: i don't know i mean I know, I know there was a one on wii that was supposed to be good but i never played it actually no i did play it i'm lying is there anything we've talked about metroid dread for a while is there anything else you guys want to say about it we kind of just like uh just like want,
0: the only other thing i wanted to say was that i've gone from being really skeptical at first and even like didn't play a lot the first night i had it because it was stressing me out so much to now i love it and yeah i'm getting to where you what you said trey where i'm hitting like i guess you didn't exactly say this but i'm getting like metroid brain it's like tetris brain or whatever sure getting i'm getting tuned into the formula of how the game works and getting where i'm like getting less flustered because the controls can be kind of tricky the more abilities you add mm-hmm. and the what buttons you have to hold down and stuff um but just through sheer repetition and and you know enjoying the story of what's there and the music especially the music and the sound design and the visuals like there's just like you you are always wondering what's next to this so it's cool so i want to play samus returns i think i think i might you actually want to play through
1: it you should play that game it's great the only you'll, you'll just, you'll just keep hitting uh ZL though, to try to turn it into a ball and it doesn't work anymore. That's the only thing I was like, damn it. I wish they would have had that in that other game too. But in, in Samus returns, the way they try to make it a little bit easier is you can tap the bottom screen at any time, at any like spot to t- automatically turn into the ball. But it's by no means as like intuitive as, as the CL button.
2: You know, I, I, I would echo the sentiment that both Trey and Jeremy have said where it doesn't hit you immediately, you know, like, I spent the first 20, 30 minutes playing the game seriously wondering whether or not I was going to like it. You know, I just didn't feel like I was connecting with it. And then, um, and then there was the stress of facing the Emmy. Cause at first, like uh, last time I was here, I talked about how I finally beat doom three after years and years of playing the first hour or two and then saying, Nope, this is too intense for me and quitting. <clears throat> and it really was. I mean, standing outside the the door to the Emmy chamber and going into the Emmy chamber was like it really felt like playing Doom three again. But once you once you got far enough into it, once you beat that Emmy and you and then you go fight the first boss and you beat that and <clears throat> you start to feel how this game is working and the mechanics of it all. It all just fell in place and like oh my gosh, this is an amazing game and now I'm totally into it. I mean, the controls are wonderful at their best but they can get a little overwhelming sometimes and even simple things like um running forward and shooting you might find yourself aiming up or down a little bit because of the an- the analog stick instead of the D. Mm. Yeah um, that that but,
1: was that's one thing that I that I never really got into I was like oh no I can't play a 2D game with an analog stick that's so wrong like I I just like hated it so much even like through Samus Returns which I like I'm still like oh I got to use the nub I just want to use the fucking control pad and all that and this one I finally realized that no, it's much better to use the control the control stick. Because I finally Wait. realized and this works on both games, the three DS one and the Switch one, that you can run and I guess you could always run and aim at the same time, but it just works so much better with the analog stick than it would with yeah, you the you can have the all those pad. degrees of aiming with, with yes. the analog stick that you couldn't have with the pad. Especially oh, definitely- especially when you get to the Omega cannon, which that's something you get early in the game, so we could talk about that, but the Omega cannon and the way you aim, like it'd be impossible to do it with mm. a digital pad. You need, you need the analog stick for it. So it's like, right. Yeah. And that's very important thing to defeating the Emmys and all that stuff. The whole
0: Omega, the mega parts really cool. Like using that and like, just kind of like going from like being terrorized by this thing to being able to eliminate it, you know, finally, like it feels really good. And I think that's another thing this game offers is like a fair level of challenge that you feel really nice when you finally defeat
3: that's reminiscent of the of the um, I'm forgetting I forget the name of the enemies from Wind Waker, where you start off where they're so imposing, but then you get the the ancient arrows and you can shoot them in the eye, and oh, it's nice, you know, just, yeah. you feel accomplished that you finally beat them.
0: Or, or do I don't think I ever sailing? felt this stressed out in Wind Waker. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I wa-
3: Wind Waker sailing. was easy. <laughs> I think I only died <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not Wind Waker, excuse me, uh, Breath of the Wild.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: but I think an even more salient example would be Mother Brain from Super Metroid, you know, you know, here she is, she's beating the crap out of you, she gets you almost dead. And then the baby Metroid sacrifices itself and gives you like the super gun. And then basically, you're just throwing her around like a rag doll. And, and that is one of the most satisfying experiences in the history of video games for me and spoilers. Well, okay, okay.
1: I know, I know. It's like I know it's like thirty years old. I just, uh, yeah. I just,
0: I just actually beat Mother Brain last week. Like I just got through Super Metroid. It was my yeah. second time, but
1: yeah,
0: first time yeah. in close to a decade at least.
2: Well, but it's 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 not as intense of a feeling, but it it does kind of remind me, uh, you know, getting the Omega Cannon and and it, mm-hmm. the implications for the Emmys it does remind me a little bit of that because it it does it flips the dynamic, except. Yeah.
1: Uh, the except Emmy's for it's still hard, except it's still really hard because you got to aim at the exact right time. And, and a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of it is finding enough space to like shoot them Yep. enough. And, and I, the last Emmy that I just beat, they kind of, I like, I have all these you know, I got all these powers now. So I'm like, Oh, I'm Emmys are nothing to me. Like I, I'm fucking blowing through guys. You know, I'm super strong now. But they do a really cool thing where they basically make you fight the Emmy in a specific isolated area to make it a lot div- more difficult. So they do they do really good mm-hmm. way of like changing things to make sure it's always challenging, but not un- ME, but not like, unfair. You know,
0: the Emmy don't always act the same. Like they'll like change up their oh, yeah, and they all pattern, have different. And they're coming at you. Yeah, and they'll
1: have different abilities depending on what they are. And yeah, some will have like water. Or, they're just like, like yes yeah, yeah, super ruthless there.
0: samus yeah. coming after you. You know, like it is really like. I guess a little bit like the 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 Dark Samus and uh Fusion but I don't know they're they're really scary at first but they do end up being kind of fun. I think and I, that, like I think
2: I think now that I played Dread because I last time I was on the show I said hot take I the Emmy just seems like SAX 2.0 but now that I've actually played the game I feel that's less true because the SAX was just kind of a plot point just showed yeah. up at certain points to push the plot along and now the Emmy... Is like this hub in every world that you have to go in, stress out, get out, breathe, and then go back into later, you know? Yeah, it is. So it is quite a bit different.
1: It is much different where the other one is like trying to scare you because it'd be like, oh, shit, SAX is here now. What do you do? And it's like, you know, where the Emmy one is like you're saying, you know, when you're going to be in there or not. Like, you know, that there's going to be Emmy there. There isn't. You know, is that- I mean, they still
0: do a pretty good job. Like I said, the the Ind- Emmy have a certain randomosity to them, like. Where they can mm-hmm. still freak you out, like in certain situations, but, mm. but they're definitely not that scary after a couple hours in of the game,
3: for sure. I, one thing I, thought, I wanted to say about this game is that, you know, confession time. Not only have I never beaten a Metroid game, I've never really put a serious effort into playing one, and uh, no, I've I've tried. I think all of them, uh, just here and there. Well, then um, I
2: really did ruin the end of Super Metroid for you. He'll <laughs> <laughs>
3: forget about it, but by the time he plays but, it, twenty so far, years from, from now, <laughs> from what I've played, you know, this is really—it's drawing me in and it's wanting me to finally break that that habit. So, yeah, I'm I'm in.
2: Well, when you're done with this, you're going to have to go explore all the treasures you've
1: missed. Like, well, he has he has other M, is what I'm telling him to jump to right after this. I do. I even have other M. Yeah, let to get, get to that. Get to that. Baby. I, a bunch I mean, of You've
0: Metrics. got. I so say you've got Super Metroid. You've got the original Metroid.
1: Yep. Other M. You've I've got,
3: got other M. Prime. Huh? Yeah.
0: See, I think I have. I have every Metroid game available to me in some form, and I've only played through a few of them. So, I think I
2: have them all. I think so. Um, the only one I'm not sure
0: about. No, I
2: guess I do have Metroid Hunters also.
1: Do you have Federation Force? i
2: I guess i
0: don't have hunters or federation force
1: maybe i don't
2: have federation maybe i don't have federation force i don't know but i have all the um nes super nes um gamecube we uh and now switch games including the uh the 3ds including the reboots yeah I do
1: have all those. Coming coming into when I was coming into Metroid Dread the first time, whenever I see somebody say this is automatically better than whatever the best game in the series is, I automatically ha- you know, I'm hesitant to believe that opinion, <laughs> you know. Like when somebody says like, "Oh, this is better than Super Metroid." I'm like, "Is it is it really?" I think you're just saying that. I think you're just in the moment, and I think you're just saying that. You know, I automatically... I don't
0: think it could be.
1: ...think that I'm like, well, I'm like, no, nah. I'm like, you're just saying, that. that's not real. Like, or, or when you see somebody say, like, oh, well, this is better than Empire Strikes Back, or whatever, you know, like, where they try to say it's better than whatever the best movie or video game of the franchise is, I automatically don't believe them. <laughs> when they say that, I'm like, all right, you're lying. It's not really that good. So that's kind of how I came into it, too. But then towards the end, I'm like, well, I'm like, well, you know what, you could you could say in some ways it is better than Super Metroid just because of like how much more modern it is and it's control and all that stuff. And uh, it's hard it, and it looks gorgeous. Hard,
2: yeah, it's hard to separate the objective superiority of mechanics of a game versus the subjective, it, the subjectivity of its impact on someone at the point in time in their lives where they experienced it. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. So it also, that's really hard also
1: separate.
0: I mean, it also represents like a foundation that this game's built upon. So it's like well, sure. This is, might be better in a lot of ways, but it wouldn't exist. But
1: it wouldn't without exist that. without Super Metroid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though I feel like, like I said, it doesn't. In fact, seem, so
0: far, the strongest parts of this game have been the parts that have reminded me of that game. I would say.
1: I was going to say it. It doesn't really lean on it though. Like, you, there's really not any references to Super Metroid. Like I said, it mostly just rep, rep, it mostly just references Fusion and Samus Returns. From from what I from what I noticed, are the big ones that it leans on. Like, it doesn't really say. Well, there's oh, a lot definitely for the other some two. Super
0: Metroid
2: in here. The intro, intro, the intro sequence. I mean, it's the same intro music. It's a, it's a re, it's a um, rearrangement of the intro music from Super Metroid.
1: Sure, but I mean, as far as as far as the story goes, it doesn't really talk about those events. Like it doesn't talk about the baby or anything. The baby you know, <laughs> and anything like that. So, but I, uh, I, I really enjoy the way, uh, the way the backgrounds like move while you're while you're playing the game. I'm sure you notice that, like, or you kind of oh, get. Yeah. You, you get ideas of stuff that's coming later, like, from what you see in the background. And it's perfect visual storytelling, just like Super Metroid was. I feel like this game does an excellent job of telling you little things that you'll see later. Like, there's just really cool stuff. Like, there's a part where you, like, find a body of something in the background that you're going to have to fight later, but you don't really know what it is. It's just, like... It's just it's such a great job of just, like, just giving these, these little hints. And I love... A good, a good 2D game where everything feels like it's you're in this world that's living and everything's moving behind you and all that, and it's so cool. Like, Samus Returns did that to a point, but this is just, like, so much farther than that. Like, they've kind of just turned it up to 11, and I think it's, like, great. I think it's amazing. Like, just what they – and I love that shit. You know, it even, like yeah, so- it gives
0: it more of a like a lived in feel. Like you could even see like little scaffolding and stuff where maybe yeah. that was part of the construction of certain things or whatever. Oh like, sure, yeah. Just yep. that sort yeah. of attention to detail.
1: It feels alive, and that's I mean, I guess that should remind me of Super Metroid, because that was like why I love Super Metroid so much to begin with, was that I felt that the world could exist if I wasn't there. You know, and that's why I thought it was so amazing about it. Like, especially, like, with finding those little fucking uh, creatures that were in there, which I would have never found, but they were just, like, doing their own thing. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this just all these little details and shit. I, I love that. I love that stuff. How everything it happens in the background. And it even, like, it even reminded me of Blackthorn a little bit at times. I guess that's a compliment, because that's another one of my favorite 2D side-scrolling games. I don't know why, but some of the levels remind me of later Blackthorn levels. It's like wow, this kind of this kind of feels like Blackthorn.
2: I can see Blackthorn screenshots in my head, but I've
1: never played the game. You can get it on Switch in the Wizard uh what is it? No, Blizzard. The Blizzard Arcade collection. You can get it on mm. there. Blackthorn's great. It's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. You can also play the thirty two X version as well on there, which is fully three D, which is pretty amazing and hilarious that it's on there.
2: The th- yeah, the oh it, the thirty two X version's on
1: there. Yeah. They have a thirty two X version. Well you can play Well I knew there was you I mean you can play the the great thing about the Blizzard arcade collection is you can play all the different versions of everything so there's like the Genesis versions and the Super Nintendo versions but the coolest thing about Blackthorn is there's the 32x version on there where the graphics look completely different than everything else and the characters are like 3D and it kind of 3D and blocky and hilarious looking but it's great that it's on there so but it you know it's like a, it's a 2D strategy-ish i don't know it's a it's a fun game. I really enjoyed it a lot in high school, and I played through it. I beat it recently on stream whenever it came out again. On which is like this only the second time I've done it. But if we're if everybody said enough about Metroid, we should take a break and then we'll come back and talk about other games that we've been playing that aren't Metroid.
3: Sounds other good to M. me.
2: Other M. <laughs> uh, you know, the, okay. The last thing I'll say about Metroid, the Metroid universe, is um, the best meme, I the best description I ever saw of Other M was a meme a Photoshop where it had the, the cover art for other Metroid Other M and in the font they just made it say meh <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when we were talking just a moment ago, you know, you made a reference to the baby which of course is like the thing everyone talks about. <clears throat> oh and yeah, no, I, I was I, thought,
1: I was playing, I was replaying Other M also before Dread came out so I know that she mentions well, the baby I, quite a few times. It's basically
0: she's Island with a Metroid
2: well, yeah, so the thing is, is, it's 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 not a great game, but it's not a terrible game, right? And so I, I was just thinking, this is one part just terrible dad joke, and this is also one part, you know, kind of semi-serious. Uh, a great headline for an article, review article about Other M would be, "Don't throw the bathwater out with the baby."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not <laughs> it's not awful. It's just so different. It's just so different than all the other Metroids, and it just has some really bad choices in it, I guess, especially controls and all that but we talked about that last week so we'll talk about that later but yeah we're gonna be uh, let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about other games so okay be right back <laughs>
0: Just go to patreon.com slash main Podcast and. Hey, Mario, let go! Whoa, whoa, whoa,
3: whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. He's throwing us back to the show! So long, eh, Bowser! Ah! Ah, patreon.com slash Podcast! Game over! so we're back from the break uh the other game that i've been playing is the same game that john's been playing so why don't we talk about it mm-hmm. at the same time and i think you've actually sure. played it i think you've actually played it a lot more than i have john but we both I've got been playing it all weekend yeah we both got tetris effect connected for the switch which came out on the same day uh i know that john you got you got a birthday money for it from jeremy yep and i ended up thank you jeremy I bought it because John told me that it was on sale, that it was ten dollars off, and that it was thirty instead of forty. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh well, shit. I guess I'll get it." So, and it still is until October 21st. So, yeah, you got some time. I, re- I recommend this game to everybody. I mean, I don't, I don't have as but as as extensive notes as John does for Tetris Effect. So I'll just kind of, I'll just kind of say my thing and then let John run with it. But sure. uh, what do you think of the game? So Tetris Effect, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. Uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, there was a art exhibit thing that jess and i went to while we were in japan called team lab i remember that where we uh you know where you walked around and this there was like this area we went to with all these like balloon looking things and like mirrors and and we like laid on this rope thing and there was like a light dragon show or whatever above us or we went in this room where there's like water uh, you know animated water on the wall and stuff like that it reminds me a lot of that it's basically like let's imagine you put Tetris in the middle of that wall that had the water going up and down, and then you have Tetris effect. That's basically what, what I think of the game. It's, (laughs) it's, it's Tetris and there's, yeah, like everything you do, it's like, it has, you know, that has like interactive music, I guess, like some stuff changed depending on like what you, you how you move the, how you move the blocks and stuff like that. And it's, it's more of an experience than a game, I guess is what I would say. It's, it's how I feel about it. It's all about like, moving you while you're playing Tetris, you know, and there's all sorts of different background, you know, it's like music with lyrics and stuff like that, that changes, and there's different backgrounds that do different things. And uh, one thing I, one thing I did kind of have a problem with is I felt like the Tetris, the actual Tetris part was a little small and I'm playing it on a 65 inch TV, but I still felt like the Tetris part was a little small. So I felt like anybody who has a smaller TV or is maybe trying to play it handheld might have a little bit of trouble. Seeing what's going on because it's versus the shit that's going on on the side of Tetris and the little and mm-hmm. and it, I guess it was originally kind of designed to be like a for what it was for PlayStation VR, so I think it's VR, uh, right? Yeah, yep. so I think yeah, a lot it of it was supposed to VR, be yeah. was supposed to be like you're focused on Tetris and all this other shit is happening behind you on the sides and all that. So
0: some effects, right? So I think yeah. like
1: I played it this weekend at the
3: cabin and we had that twenty inch TV. When I played it on the 20 inch TV, I had to lean in way close to see it. Um, so it was a problem. For me, when I played in handheld, it was not a problem because I was I was like laying in bed and I had the handheld right up close to my face. So it really wasn't a problem in handheld. And now I'm playing it here back on, I think it's a fifty-five inch TV. Um personally I think it's all right, but it does I I, 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 I would not disagree that it would be nice to zoom in just a little bit. Um that said, I think they've done a
1: great job with the design of this game. Uh, um, it's just also like huge warning to anybody who has yep. like a uh, you know has That's problems sexy. with like yeah. uh flashing lights and stuff like that. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. It, and and even though there are some like uh, options that you can change stuff around, but it is very very flashy. I kind of like what I and and I also recommend. And it says it in the game also to play the game with headphones on or with a good like sound system mm-hmm. because they want you to like. Feel the music and all that. They made they made a joke on uh, the podcast I listened to Eight Four Play because uh, Mark Mark McDonald, like one of the main hosts, he actually worked on Tetris Effect and all that stuff. Okay, he was he was claiming that the reason that they added Bluetooth to the Switch was because of Tetris Effect coming out in a few weeks <laughs> because of the intensity Ooh. of the audio and all that. So now I understand now that I've actually played it that he's like, oh, could it be because of a certain game that's coming out soon? You know, and I knew it was Tetris Effect because. You know, he's basically been working to try to get on every system and all that. But yeah, I recommend listening to it with your headphones on. If you, you know, put the headphones on, listen to the music, don't play it without, because the music is a big part of it, for sure. Huge experience. So right
3: now I'm playing it. I've got the room all dark. I got the Dolby 5.1. And it's just, it's the most immersed I've ever been in Tetris. It really, it really does elevate an already addictive and immersive game. I'm struggling to imagine another established game that this would work this sort of treatment would work as well like tetris uh, with this kind of presentation it's just a perfect marriage i think i know i know it's
0: not i know it's not exactly the same thing but in my head in my limited way of what i understand Mm -hmm. of tetris effect i've always kind of compared it to the pac-man dx or whatever those games like those Oh, kind of yeah yeah it's just like it's taking like an established formula that's very very familiar it's like ingrained in our us as humans almost to play pac-man and it's just so, like tetris is tetris probably more so but but then it adds this like crazy flashiness and this randomosity to everything surrounding it and all this like explosions and things happening all over the place but in reality you're mostly just playing the original game you're, you're just, playing
3: the original game but it's it's elevated and uh, I, I think because well to the visuals and the audio i would say the, the audio even more elevates the gameplay because you got your, your your it's it's kind of a music game as well where not only do you have the addictive quality of of you know fitting the pieces neatly and into the into the slots and all that stuff but you also have now with the music novelty every single time you play the game the song is going to be different and so in the back of your head you're getting something brand new every time you play it, even though it's a, a similar sounding song just every little note it's under your control and it sounds different every time. So I think that adds to the addictive quality that we already all know about Tetris. And it's just, it's uh, i I'm struggling to think of another game that is so meditative as this one is.
2: Well, so if we're talking meditative um, I've played, I haven't played the switch version of Tetris effect. uh, And Mm -hmm. I don't know what makes it different from the Xbox series X version, but that's since that's on game pass and it's free. I downloaded it and I played just a little bit of it. And I really want to get back to it. I thought it was a glorious experience, but when I see, when I see Tetris in an atmospheric sense, I can only think about CDI Tetris. Have any of you played CDI Tetris? No, <laughs> never.
1: <laughs> Is that like it's, the worst um, way to play, te- play Tetris and you just are having a uh, horrible flashbacks or what?
2: No, no. It's do you actually have it? I do. I do. I, uh, when i'll let you guys you know when I, when it's you guys turn to talk again i'll i'll walk away and i'll go grab it and i can show it to the camera but um it's it's not space it's not trance you know so it's aesthetically different but basically it's like playing tetris on the monolith from 2001 in the middle of like a prairie or at a waterfall or in the desert you know mm. all these kind of beautiful vistas and i mean it's cdi so really limited technology but it's uh you've got a little bit of animation in the background like the waterfall runs you know like the trees kind of move a little bit you know um and it's got this great music by this um, new age musician named jim andron uh really great music I, I i almost think my favorite thing about cdi tetris is actually the music but I discovered this game in 1992 or 1993. I've got um, two uncles, Chris and Steve, and they had a CDI. And we would go over to their house and, uh, and and play it. And, you know, we at the time, all we had was Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. And in some ways, the CDI is actually inferior to those systems. But as a kind of a static graphic presentation thing, it was very superior to either of those two systems. And so, you know, they... We had the little 13-inch tube TV. They had like the 36-inch console, Blackwood console TV, uh, which actually I have in my gamer right now. It's the same TV. Um, but you know, this, so this huge TV screen with these incredible for the time visuals and this beautiful new age music playing out of this big sound system. It was just incredible. Sounds like it could I have
3: think. been sort of the C V idea. You know, Tetris always had since mm-hmm. it was the same game almost on every platform, they could differentiate it by doing different things with the background and everything, so I think the the seed of this idea was always sort of there, mm-hmm. and, and it sounds like the CDI version of Tetris was was a, a, a step up in terms of that, mm-hmm. and and uh, a, a good step on the way to Tetris Effect.
1: Yeah, like Proto Effect. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like you've played like the, or maybe you haven't the the Tetris the Genesis Tetris that's on the. Genesis Mini, have you played that the the one that was like only released through that? It's kind of like course. that too. Like I don't think the backgrounds move that much, but that does like have had bigger backgrounds than I had seen like on any of the NES Tetris Tetris games or like the Game Boy <laughs> One or something like that. It does kind of remind me of that as well. But yeah, te- Tetris effect. It's like, well, how can we? How can we make Tetris more interesting? I guess. And and one and one thing one thing I did want to say I don't know what which one's on the Xbox. The only thing that I realized that I learned was there's Tetris Effect and there's Tetris Effect Connected, and Tetris Effect Connected is the one where you can play people online, and regular Tetris yes. Effect did not have that on there. So that's the that's two different the versions. So if you're playing one that doesn't say Connected on it. It's not. It doesn't have the online play. I don't know which one's on the Xbox One, but there were two different versions. Because I was wondering why this one said connected on it, but it's because this is the newer version that has the has the online play on it. Was which was not on the original version. Well, I'll
3: jump off, able- off of that then because I've I had just played about two hours of the multiplayer online as soon as I got back back home, and they have a couple different. It seems like they have a bunch of different uh, versions of the game that you can play online. Like one of them is um, you've. It's like a a co-op, I guess I would call it co-op competitive slash competitive, where three players will team up against a boss, which could be either a human player or could be a CPU. And so you have your three separate uh, Tetris fields versus the boss's one field. And then every so often, and I'm not quite sure what triggers it yet, but every so often, all three of the players, their screens will just kind of float together and combine to where now, exactly as they were in our own individual games, now they're all together. So I can put pieces over on player number one or player number two's side of the screen. We're working together to defeat the boss. But at the end of the game, you're still scored against each other as to who contributed more to de- defeat the boss. Hmm. I, I love that version. It's, it's really, really interesting. And you can play that same version of uh, local co-op as well. Then, uh,
0: so sorry, there's local that. co-op. There's local no co-op multiplayer on this.
3: Local yeah. co-op, lo- local and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. up to four mm-hmm. players. Yeah,
0: yep, yep. We oh, but not like same together. screen.
1: No, you, I think um, you can. I think you can play couch co-op, right? I, I don't know. Yes, I think you can do both.
3: I think there was there was a bunch of options on there, so I'm still. Kind you of had multiple switches, one. right?
0: Ah,
1: no, I, I just had one one video. TV. I just did one, a, one switch one TV. I I just did like a little. I just did one online thing where I just played by myself and then it like raided me with other people or whatever through like a leaderboard that was the other only thing i Mm -hmm. played on it you can also play classic tetris you can play classic nes tetris of course it's all
3: tetris affected with cool music and stuff like that but if you want to play the old nes version of tetris with no holds no drops you can do that on this game and that was a lot of fun
1: did you uh Did you figure out a, I I just realized later that there's an extra ability in Tetris Effect that I didn't figure out until after I I'd already stopped playing it. But it's like if you press like ZR, ZL, there's like a move that you can do that kind of like freezes everything. Did you do that, John? No, I didn't do that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. ZR, ZL freezes everything? Yeah, it's like a, it's only in this version. Like there's an extra like power up that you can use. And I guess that's how you get higher scores. And I'm like, well, that's why I was scoring so low on the single player. Cause I didn't mm. know about that until, cause okay. I, cause I was just doing research about, about the difference between, you know, connected and not connected and all that. Mm. And yeah, it's like, there's a, there's a button that you hit that, that kind of like, sort of, it's almost kind of like a Tetris attack where like you do a move and everything stops and you can kind of take extra time to fit everything together. Like that type of thing. I haven't tried it myself, Got so it. I don't know, but there is a thing that I didn't know I played like I played like halfway through the single player, like on beginner and I never used this at all because it didn't say anything about using it. And I guess it, it's like That's a meter that build, there's like a meter, try. there's a little circle in the, in the corner that builds up and it'll say full and you can use it then. And I just remember it saying full and I just never used it because I don't think it actually tells, tells about it. Okay. Oh yeah. There's also uh,
3: like power moves and that kind of thing. Like, Especially in that multi three player against against one boss, the boss can slow down your pieces, the boss can eliminate your, your ability to hold for a period of time. And I'm pretty sure I haven't even experienced all the different moves because I kept experiencing more. But uh there's a variety of things, you know, to sort of Mario Kart it, you know, throw different weapons at
1: you, that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, according according I'm to the- lo- I'm loving this game. I was going to say, Jeremy. According to the eShop, it says that there is one to four player local multiplayer on the game. So that's cool. So it is uh single. What is like one to f- one to four, and then there's like two to something online. But they hmm. they have them uh, separated, so there is local and multi and online. So there you go.
3: Yeah, there's some kind of experience point system to it, too, where you just by trying different things you you'll unlock uh, different abilities and and there's a, an in-game achievement system um that you can unlock different avatars so it's a, it's a really well-rounded out game to the point where even the, the regular price $40 I would
1: pay $60 for this game and be satisfied you can
3: I, i'm I going to be this is going to be a, a perennial game for me
1: i th- i think a lot of the stuff you unlock through uh through the experience points is uh. You can unlock like backgrounds and music and stuff like that that you can use while you're yep. just playing like the regular marathon online and stuff like that. It's what I is yep. what I noticed about it because when I was playing it, it's like okay, well you can select all these ones that you've already played. So if you like one song better than the other ones, you can kind of just put it on there and have that be your background and that type of thing. There's a yeah, there's, there's
3: songs that are exclusive to the multiplayer too. Which when I played through all this, so I beat it. I beat it on uh, normal mode. I beat it on expert mode. I thought I'd heard all the songs, but then I went into the multiplayer mode, and I was pleased to find that there was more songs. So, uh, yeah, I'm. I think there's a lot more to see from Tetris Effect.
2: While I while you were talking, I did look, and the version of Tetris Effect that's available on Xbox Game Pass is Tetris Effect Connected.
1: Cool. I I, fi- I figured it was. I just I just learned there were two versions because it, I because I was wondering like why what the connected thing was what meant, but I guess. Yeah, this is like the updated version of it, or the sequel, or whatever, to the original one. Yeah, so it's kind of
2: nice the logo too, how they have the two ends kind of put coming together like a like a, a wave.
1: And it shows like the souls or the hearts or whatever of those two people <laughs> sitting yep. there. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. No, it's uh, a. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you've been enjoying it. It's a. Uh, it's it's kind of weird because uh, I, I felt weird because it came out. It came out the same weekend as Tetris 99 was doing an event for uh, monster hunter for the monster hunter theme which i played it and got the monster hunter theme but i was also like i was like is anybody even playing this because of uh tetris because <laughs> tetris effect like came out the same day like i felt like it was kind of it's like why are you having this event on the same weekend that this other tetris game is coming it, it just seemed like a weird placement i guess for it was the, also weird know. that it
0: was monster hunter like this this far after the release of it. I mean, I know they're about to have the expansion and stuff, but...
1: Yeah. What? Well, yeah. what well, isn't it Metroid? Well, Metroid is too new. They'll do that in like that'll four ha- months. That'll happen later. I mean, Metroid will happen. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's weird that, yeah, Monster Hunter's been out for, I feel like, almost the whole year, and they just finally get to it, but whatever. Is there anything else you want to say about Tetris Effect? Yeah. Yeah, I want to crown this as my new favorite version of Tetris. Like, hands down, I love it. Nice. And and it's you're uh, nice. So it's beats out Tetris ninety nine. I think Tetris ninety nine is still my favorite, but Tetris. Yeah, Tetris ninety nine
3: cool. to me is kind of a it's kind of another thing. But this is like you've got the classic Tetris in here if you want that. You can play it with all kinds of bells and whistles and sound mm-hmm. effects if you want that. Like it's a it's a really, really meaty package. I think you know, Going back to like maybe the DS one, I, th- I think was the last Tetris package that felt like, oh, there's a lot to this.
2: You know, when, when we were talking about uh, <clears throat> Tetris Effect and CDI Tetris, I was thinking that there was kind of a couple transitional forms between them. Uh, you had Tetris Party on the Wii, which was kind of the light, fun, you know, happy. But then you had uh, Tetris World's on the original Xbox and
1: PlayStation and stuff. And that was on a Nintendo thing too. I've seen that cover
2: probably on GameCube. I'm
1: guessing. Sure.
2: Uh, But it was, it was kind of, I mean, it was kind of more advanced than CDI Tetris and way less advanced than Tetris effect, but it kind of feels like the transitional stepping stone. by the way, I did go grab the uh, CDI Tetris box. And again, this camera sucks. The lighting sucks. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my phone flashlight on. see if I can give this a little boost here, um, see if I can show you the yeah. There's an example of I think that's like World Four or something. Okay,
1: it, it kind of looks like I mean it kind of looks like the Genesis one. This is what I automatically yeah, think like of. Yeah, like the background. But that picture it's looks a better.
0: Like AR Tetris or you know like what would become? It Maybe eventually like, they'll have AR Tetris. Well,
2: it looks like you're playing Tetris on the Monolith from 2001. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I also since I was out there, I went ahead and brought in my entire cdi collection which is not big <clears throat> um it's this tetris we got flashback which is just a better looking version of the super nintendo or sega Genesis. i bought, game. I
1: bought that game on switch for 99 cents and it was it whatever. yeah it i, was I that, have it on switch also it Come was think on think sale it. it was on sale for 99 cents so i got it oh yeah oh, there, you there. got the yeah. i do the have some like, uh, games, all the games I was, nice man.
2: i call them my gaming guilty pleasure a game that you know sucks. It's not like you believe it's a good game and everyone realizes it sucks. No, you realize it sucks, <laughs> but you like it anyway. Sure. Know? So you
3: got two of you got the the what is it? What, Wand what of the Gamelon,
2: game? uh, the Wand of Gamelon, and the Faces of Evil. So, ah, okay. Uh, and then the last one I have is a game called Kether, which is kind of a neat little. Uh, it was a weird game. It was a French game, uh, and they, it had a French audio version and an English audio version, and. Uh, yeah, published by Philips Interactive Media France, and it was one part space shooter, one part maze crawler, one part puzzle game. It was it's it's clunky. It's not a great game objectively, but the you know Tetris and the CD, the Zelda games and Kether were all games we played over at Chris and Steve's and Hotel Mario. I don't have that, but that was one we played, too.
1: I was going to say, Kether is the story of how uh, Kevin and Heather met in a faulty elevator and ended up becoming a... It's about Hollywood's new (laughs) power couple. Kether. (laughs) Heather Locklear
0: and Kevin
1: Smith. (laughs) Yeah, or Kevin Kevin Bacon. (laughs) There
0: you (laughs) go. Sure,
1: yes. (laughs) I wish that was the actual story about it. It It's just two people coming together and becoming this other other being.
0: They're tethered together. They're Kether
1: together. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, well uh, Kether has a tether to my heart. <laughs> well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you've been enjoying, enjoying Tetra's effect, but uh, Jeremy, you got some things on there that we haven't talked about yet. So let's go to that. There's, oh, hell yeah, there's one in particular I that I that stuff. I want to know about.
0: Yeah, I bought another game, uh, a game that I probably should have just bought when it first came out, but I, I bought Monkey Ball after talking to was, Trey about it last week on the show.
1: I was gonna ask you, like, like what changed? You were all like, "Oh no, I'll play, I'll play with you at MGC," and then I saw that you bought it. I was like, "Wait, what? What happened? What convinced you? Did you watch that? Uh, did you watch that Nintendo Life video of them all playing each other online, sort of?" Did you see that video? They did like a... No. They did like an online video where they were playing each other through leaderboards and stuff. I was like, oh, we should try that. I was going to send it to you and be like, hey, we should try that if you end up getting it. No,
0: I'd love to see it. Yeah, show me that video. I want to see it. Um, No, I just... I wanted Monkey Ball on my Switch. Like, I sat around and thought about it and I was like, it's got multiplayer stuff, you know? It'll be a fun party game and I want to play these levels. Like, I've missed this game and like, I could have fired up my GameCube. Currently, it's hooked up downstairs, so... I just would have had to play it
1: downstairs. But uh,
0: I was like, but one thing I'd really like to do is when I'm frustrated with dread, I want something else to play.
1: Yeah, you can throw some and monkeys. Monkey ball and some shit.
0: is my stress relief. So, my original, uh, I was trying to think of some sort of nickname or tagline to be like, I take bananas to alleviate the dread. Or uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of something funny to be like, basically, banana, banana blitz, or it's not called banana blitz, banana mania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's my stress relief because there's just some parts of Metroid, at least early on that were really stressing me out. Now that I far into it, like those moments are what I'm living for. Like I'm looking forward to those moments more, I guess, but no monkey balls, not a, a stress-free game. Like it's super stressful, but like, I don't know. I'm just like on a nostalgia trip playing it. You know, I haven't played it that much. So every time I, Boot it up. I just go play a different mode, or you know, go into the story mode and try to beat a few levels or whatever. But you know, I do miss the, I do miss the really bad cutscenes and and the furry oh, yeah. bananas and all that.
1: Okay, okay. So, so when I was editing the podcast last week, I decided that I was just going to throw on the cutscenes. Like, I, I found a YouTube that showed all of the cutscenes for the GameCube one, and I think maybe one of the main reasons they wanted to change, they wanted to change it up. Is that Doctor Badboon gets so creepy on uh, Mimi, like he's like really like borderline oh,
0: like rapey
1: with her through the whole thing? So maybe, uh, maybe that was why they wanted to change it because it was real. It was it was like I I don't know, kind of made me feel uncomfortable watching it, and I was like, oh well, maybe that, maybe that's why they will not want to do it anymore. But it is like, aside from that, aside from the really weird, creepy, rapey stuff, it is there. It is funny. Like it has this ridiculous story and. There's a part where they all get shrunk and they get thrown into the washing machine and they end up having to tickle Dr. Bag Boone to like get him to turn them back into regular size, which I guess is kind of weird too. But I, I thought that was the charm of it, was just how strange it was. But if you're missing those old cutscenes, just just go to YouTube. You Play can the old find game. Well, I mean, it's like it's like a half hour worth of cutscenes and I was just like I'm like, I'll just watch these cutscenes in the background just to remember what they were like and yeah they were all c g i and they didn't look great, and that's probably why they didn't want to bring him over also dr Bad Boone is fucking total creepster so maybe that character was, so maybe that was why I, I don't yeah. find that hard to
0: believe that yeah. it was ripe for these type of characters, especially like something that maybe wasn't translating culturally completely i mean not to say that the creepiness doesn't translate it's creepy across the
1: board but but he talk yeah, he talks I, a lot about how he wants to find Mimi and do it it's and it's like. Okay, this is maybe this wouldn't work now. Maybe we shouldn't have this on there because at the time a weird, we yeah. might have
0: thought it was not necessarily cool, but for us, yeah. that was like this game's for adults because it's got this like yeah. subversive, it's like, got this weird rapey, whatever. whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. But now looking back on it, I guess I don't know. I'll do a- like you said, I'll just look at the YouTube video. Yeah, uh, I think I it's less about literally missing it, more just about in my mind's eye, like the perfect package of this game would have been like. You boot it up and it's got the artwork for each GameCube game, and you you open it up, and then you've got you know some sort of wonder uh, Wonder Boy kind of thing where you can switch between it on the fly. Which I did find there's like classic levels, but that's just like curated classic levels. It, it makes it, unlock with ten thousand points.
1: Yeah, I think it's well. It I, I think it just makes it exactly how it was because I think they've tweaked it to make it like not as hard this time. I think the the newer Mm -hmm. version like because some of the stuff was kind of unfairly hard because of whatever the size of stuff I think they made it a little bit like easier to play but I don't know I found I found Monkey Ball Banana Mania to be like a it was like a Zen game for me like I said there's no lives you know you can it's kind of the same thing it's like fighting the same boss over and over and over again in Metroid Dread it's just like just getting you go to this Monkey Ball level and you have to try to figure it out but you have an unlimited time uh, amount of times to figure it out you know so. It was it was very it was very calming for me. I mean, I played it at work. I played it while I was editing, and it was just like this is cool. But I'm 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 glad you I'm glad you got it. Is what I'm saying. I am too. I, I was I happy mean, that you I, got it because I I, re- I really liked it. I thought it was really good, and I still I'm gonna come back to it and play it some more. I think I,
0: I think Monkey Ball was way in- too important to me this whole time. Like to not have it in my life still on the Switch. So yeah, I bought it, and I'll probably end up getting Tetris Effect and. I don't know if I'll get it right away, but I am especially interested in the multiplayer stuff because Tetris 99 is great. I also did uh, get the theme this week. Not a great theme, but I got it. So did Shauna, <laughs> and uh, I'd like to be able to play multiplayer Tetris with her. It'd be fun. So yeah. that's why I've considered Tetris Effect, yeah. and I've actually showed her like the trailer for it when it was first announced, and she showed some interest in it. So I'll probably get it eventually. Maybe I should get it while it's still on sale, huh?
1: Eight I days. think so. You got, yeah, the, you got a couple days. You got some time. But I also have well, to so buy something else that together. I
0: didn't
1: know. Yeah. Oh, you also want to get a Disco Elysium, which uh, which came out this week, and I bought it, but I didn't play it because I felt like we had enough to talk about this week, and I would have only gotten a day with it, so... I'll I was so distracted by dread that I didn't week. know. Yeah.
0: I totally forgot about disco. But I guess the last thing I wanted to show, which isn't that big of a deal, but I did mention it last week because one of my Joy-Con completely fried. So yeah, I was having kind of a bad week myself last week in some ways. But uh, I attached the Skyward Joy-Con to my Switch, and now it's like I have a new Switch.
1: Whoa! Oh yeah, you you, you opened them finally. Was it because of your because uh, of the drift that was happening with your other ones? Well you're like, it's you, because I no wanted left, to. Because you got no left. No good left, right? I wanted
0: to try out a, I wanted to try out Dread in handheld mode, which it's great. It's awesome.
1: I played it a little bit in handheld today, just a tiny bit. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to put it back on the TV because it's... I much prefer it, it on it the TV. It deserves it. With <laughs> the controller. <laughs> yeah. But
0: well, it's it's quite passable. And yeah, I was playing it. So I went with... uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the show, but my partner's uh, building out a, a van to travel around in. And so she was working on it a little bit today. And I went with her and did a little bit of cleaning with her. I didn't like do much, but... Then during part of the time while she was working on it, I was just playing Metroid on my on handheld mode. I'm like, this is great.
1: You're like, hey, keep playing Metroid, take it with you,
0: and I could talk to you. Yeah,
2: well, that's the. I mean, of course, that's the beauty of the Switch is being able to to get up and go, take it with you anywhere you want, or play on the big screen. You're not marooned to the desert island of the small screen, and you're not tethered to the couch. I you know it's so weird you know being the the brand new owner of a of a Switch OLED but being someone who prefers to play Switch docked you know yeah. I yeah, much prefer docked
1: Yeah me too I
2: prefer I totally prefer Switch docked but and and the Switch OLED offers like zero for a docked
1: play right now i'm, I'm hoping for the well because the dock is supposed to be upgradable and only the oled one so i'm hoping maybe right, right. something will come from that but I, I still feel i feel like if i saw the oled like somewhere if i saw it at a target while i was there i'd probably have a hard time not buying it if it was just sitting there just because i don't know
2: you know what it feels like to me it kind of feels like the switch light pro sure okay you know, yeah. it's like this huge, huge upgrade to the portable side.
1: But not and the other it, side, I guess. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, I mean, I it, guess it the
2: adds back docked play.
1: Ethernet plug, that's it, you know.
2: I mean, that's going to make a difference for some people, but not for me. Yeah. <clears throat> for me, it's actually just, it just translates to the loss of a USB port. But but I still do probably 60% or more of my Switch playing undocked just because of opportunity, you know? And, and so I actually have managed to drum up a little bit of excitement over what, the OLED will do for my, uh, for my ability to play on the go. Although of course, before I'm able to really talk about spending any real money on any new games for it, I'm going to need to get this SD card thing figured out. Of course.
1: Yeah. It, even though the, the OLED does actually have double the space on the system. So that's cool. It's not it, much. It it, cool. It's like what? 64 instead of 32. It's still not that much, but at least they upgraded it a little bit It's almost back
0: to the uh the wii u days yeah it's it's a it's a perk
1: well the wii u had like eight right like eight gigs (laughs) or something stupid like that it was so something
2: it was it was the 64 gig of its day
1: it was so it it was even at the time yeah
0: then the 32 was the the pro i think I i
1: yeah i think i ended up just getting the regular one because it's like i'm gonna have to buy an external drive regardless so just buy the regular Wii U. Like, who cares what's on there? You know, you got to put everything on your external anyway. I got mine
0: refurb through Nintendo.com, and that was the 32 is the one that was available.
2: I got the 32 also, and I got it for Christmas of 2012. Uh, and the reason that's special to me is because that was the 20th anniversary of getting the Super Nintendo.
0: Okay, yeah, that is
2: special.
1: I bought a, I yeah. bought mine brand new from Target. I bought the, uh, I, I got the Super Mario. I'm, it's right. The box is right there. It's right above me. It's the uh, Super. Was it um Super Mario Brothers U version that came with Luigi? Luigi U also, mm-hmm. and and I bought it with. Nice. And I, I bought it right when a uh, Mario three D three D World came out because that was the one that was like I have to have this game. And I and I had got some pretty lucrative jobs at the time, so I had extra money, and I was like, oh, I'll buy a Wii U. And I remember when I brought it home and played it the first time. I was like, this is weird. Am I supposed to look at the controller or the TV? What's happening here? <laughs> that was my that was my first <laughs> thoughts of playing it. It's like, this is a bizarre-ass system. And it continued to be that afterwards. So, uh, what else? Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Jeremy? No, that was pretty much it. How is, a uh, Monkey Target? Did you try it?
0: Oh, yeah, I guess I did. I did have that written down here. Uh, I'm starting to kind of understand it, but I still think it's very hard. Like, it's very subtle. And I think, you know... In some regards, that's good because that points to the fact it was developed for the updated control of the analog stick on the uh, pro controller, you know, just the Joy-Con. So that's cool that it's more like precise and subtle. But it also kind of sucks because you just, I don't know, I find myself going to a lizard brain memory of how to play Monkey Target and it doesn't work anymore. And so it kind of sucks. I'm relearning it. And uh, at least I know, like, where the places are to go. I kind of, like, at a certain point, I can kind of understand when I need to, like, hold back and kind of start to dive. But it's just not. I was hoping Monkey Target, I would, like, start playing, just like you said about, which I actually haven't tried bowling yet, surprisingly.
1: Oh. But I'm I was surprised. really hoping that Monkey yeah.
0: Target would just be like, hey, how's it going, old friend? Like, here we are again. I was having a great <laughs> time. It wasn't like that at all. It was very defeating initially. And I'm like, fuck this. It's not the same. They ruined it. And then I tried a couple more times. And I started to kind of get it. But
1: that, that was how, I, I mean, still do
0: kind of feel like, why? You know, why do they have to? Because they had to rebuild it all in a different engine. It's not the same game.
1: Sure. Well, uh, I mean, I actually did feel on the single player. I did feel like, oh, hey there, friend. I remember you. Like, it. it the single player felt really mm-hmm. welcoming to me. Like, it just... That was really the thing I liked the best. I just like I kinda just like fell right into it and I was like, Oh hey, this is the monkey ball I remember. Like this is these levels are geniusly designed and really cool to play and Yeah. And I love like just trying to figure out all the shit and all and all the like little secrets and stuff are on there and it's and you kinda have to break the game to get through it and it was like so cool. But uh if that's all we've been talking about playing, let's talk about the news for a while for a minute. Oh I'm here. sorry, can
2: I can I add one thing to the
1: we've been playing thing? Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you got? Act Razor. Oh, you, you got Act Act Razor Renaissance?
2: Act Razor Renaissance, I got it um I got it in the Castlevania collection and GRI um all a few weeks before the OLED and my goal was to beat Actraiser Renaissance before the OLED came. And I did. <clears throat> oh shit. And I th- Oh, you I played through it. it. Cool, all the way, all the way through it, all the way through it. Nice. Um, uh, how do you? I,
1: I I played the first chapter for stream, and I haven't touched it ever since. But I want to. I want to go back to it. I did enjoy it. I just, I I got too many games. That's my problem. I just kept buying games. So yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's all of us anymore. Um, well, so in my opinion, and look, I can see the arguments against it. You know the the uh, they add so much to the to the overworld thing, the tower defense stuff, all these new characters and story and stuff. The, the purists who the SNES purists, I can see why they would have a case against that. And then the graphics to the uh, 2D action sequences, I can see the argument against those too. I mean, they kind of feel like they are a less successful attempt to do for the Sega Saturn what uh, Shovel Knight did for the NES. But I will say that I am a fan of both. I um, <clears throat> I like the art, even though it's a little clunky. I, I like it, and I think I almost kind of like it because it's clunky. And but it, and it really does feel like a Sega Saturn game. But it it it's, yeah. it plays so fluid. You know, once you get some of those extra moves and stuff, it just feels so fluid and wonderful. Um, the story, se- the the overworld sequences, at first they felt a little long and foreign to me. But you really get to connect with these new characters, and the tower defense begins to feel more appropriate and. And by the time it's over, the whole thing just feels like this wonderful package. And the music, my God, the original Actraiser soundtrack was incredible. Yeah, Yuzo
1: Koshiro was the the man, the Streets streets of Rage. But uh, yeah, no, it's, well, and we talked about this on the, maybe it was last week, whenever we talked about the direct, but yeah, the new songs that he wrote, he wrote them Mm -hmm. on Super Nintendo, and then before he... He wrote it the old way before he did it the new way, which I think is pretty cool. So you you still have See, both I, versions of them, even though it wasn't the original song. The new ones still have the are still written the same way as they were before.
2: So I knew there was a new version of the, or both both a, a a super NESified version of the new pieces, but I didn't know that they were originally super NESified before they were the new treatment. So that's that's even cooler. But I will say, for as much as I love the Super NES soundtrack. I spent the entire time in the new soundtrack because the new soundtrack, all it does is take the Super NES great, in my opinion, and make it even greater. And also an- another nice little tweak. I mean, there's so much, uh, well, you just touched on how there's new music. There's so much new music. Each, each realm has its own overworld music now instead of that same theme over and over again. And um, I don't want to say very much about this because it's very easy to get spoilery. But when you beat the game, there's an additional chapter. Oh it's cool. all new to this version. Oh yeah. there you go. And I won't say anything nice. I won't say anything else about it because I don't want to give it away, but I will say that it's uh kind of majestic. Kind of majestic. And uh speaking of the music, the music, the the music fits with the scenery so wonderfully that it actually made me a I didn't cry, but it made me a little emotional. It was that good.
3: Nice.
1: Yeah no I'm yeah I'll, I'll get back to it at some point like I said yeah too much stuff but but that's one in my mind that I was like yeah no I, I gotta play that again
0: I mean that that's saying a lot from you who who does a uh, you know a music based radio show like you are very tuned into that so
2: well so I will I'm willing to I'm willing to uh, spoil this but way back in February of 2017 it was my third ever episode it was my first soundtrack episode I did the Act Razor soundtrack and now. I don't know if I'm going to do it in 2022. I think I'm going to do it in 2022 probably, but I'm going to do the act razor Renaissance soundtrack and it's going to include the full both versions. So it's going to be kind of a spiritual sequel to the episode three.
1: There you go. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Is that, is that what you wanted to say then about, uh,
2: yeah, just act razor. I mean, I mean, I've, it's been ActRaiser or Rocket League on the Series X, but we talked about that last time I was on. So, For sure. yeah, just ActRaiser and uh, oh, I suppose unless we want to talk about this game called Metroid Dread.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we talked. We talked about that game. Well, I just wanna. I just wanna talk about a couple news things. Here is the news. I promise you, it's the news. There is actually one major one that we have to talk about. Uh, the Grand Theft Auto trilogy was like officially, officially, officially announced. announced announced and it came and nintendo of america also announced it as well so it is definitely coming to the switch which i figured it was like from one the from the rumors and stuff, it they said like damage control,
0: they're like yes it's coming out chill yep. but
1: it's interesting <laughs> that they said that they also said like oh yeah it's coming out this year and there's not much yeah. left of this year you know it's like we only got like two oh god months, you're so. right so i mean it's so like, here's the
3: thing is that yeah. this is the uh, october October 20 something is the <laughs> anniversary of Grand Theft Auto 3. I think it could likely be dropped by the end of October. Yeah.
1: Well, wasn't that was 20, kinda, right? 20 years, yep. I mean, yeah, I, it's got to be. I mean, wasn't that kind of like what they were saying?
0: That'd I be mean, so dumb if they didn't do that. <laughs> I, mean, I
1: mean, from like the the rumors like the whatever the leaks and all that, they were saying like end of October, early November, so that would still fall in line with the time that they were. Saying, imagine so. being yeah.
0: exactly twenty years and able to do it, and then be like, "No, it's going to be January." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like no, <laughs> it's going to be oh, twenty uh, years and two months anniversary. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we, happen. We we've been talking about this rumor for a while about having like you know Grand Theft Auto finally on Nintendo and all that. Even though there was, I want Chinatown Wars. Yeah, there was Chinatown before. Well, there was Chinatown Wars, and there was the Game Boy Advance. Grand Theft Auto, which actually have both of those games and both those well, Chinatown
0: Wars released on uh, Wii U. I can't remember.
1: No, Chinatown Wars was the 3DS. Was it? Was a DS game, and it was only on DS. It was actually released later on PSP.
0: Well, I didn't know if they put it on yeah. the eShop or not. On
1: the no, the it was it wasn't on the eShop. But I know they
0: did it. They did a mobile version of it. You could get it on Android.
1: And yeah, that's right. I remember that. that. I, I played the original Game Boy Advance Grand Theft Auto game also, which was you know. It was just. I think I just wanted to have a Grand Theft Auto game on Nintendo, just because it never happened. I was like, all right. And the Game Boy one was pretty good. The Chinatown Wars was great. I played. I played that one all the way to the end. I beat the game, so it was fun, for for what it was. But yeah, officially, officially, officially confirmed. So there you go. Um, Jackbox Party Pack Eight is coming out this week as well.
2: I do plan to get that. A lot of people.
1: Uh, it. It's coming out on Thursday, so it's a, uh, yeah. Still, uh, they're still doing it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some people are still playing Jackbox remotely. So that's uh, that's uh, kind of a big of which, deal.
2: Should we try to get together like a um, a Jackbox party sometime? Yes,
0: sure,
1: absolutely, yeah. yeah I mean, well, would we we, we we did it like a uh, John we and Jeremy, John and Jeremy, and everybody. We we've all we've all done it. We did it multiple times during the pandemic. It's been a while it though. Recently. it's been a while. It's kind of well. Um, Is it, I, I know like it would have to be it just has just the timing has to be earlier. Cause my wife works just, just works earlier now as, as opposed to later. Yeah. So she kind of crashes. out So that's mm-hmm. probably, I figured that's probably why we hadn't really done it yet, but, but yeah, we, we would definitely be into playing that again. I know Jess would love to play with you if you would, if you would, you know, she said you're one of, one of her favorite uh, guests on the show. So oh, I appreciate that.
2: And yeah. I tend to, I, 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 don't tend to go super vulgar because dirty humor it is not like my main thing. My main thing is more abstract or, or subversive or just dad jokey stuff. You know? I,
1: I mostly just go, I don't know, political, I guess, for the most part is what I know. Uh, Kevin, yeah. I remember Kevin. Uh, I remember Kevin Fair making fun of me kind of in that way, because he used to do uh, he used to do like a Jackbox streams where we could all like join and play. And that was really fun. But he was kind of poking fun at, at me constantly going after Trump and and the right and stuff like that with most of my answers. But I don't know. It was the time. I tend to go I more like a li- of
3: reliable source of humor.
1: I felt like it well, was in the moment. It, you know, it was, yeah, yeah, a lot of jokes, a lot of jokes about the pandemic and anti Republican, like whatever, you know. So that it was, it was the room, man. You know, everybody that was what that was the time. Everybody found it was found it funny. You know? I think it's, like,
0: it's, I think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff <laughs> you've done, especially in the t shirt one, was really funny. Oh, like, the t shirt one's great. You, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I will say like I try to go off like I don't know some people call it call it the uh, uh, the muse or whatever like there's just some sort of like through line of all human history that sometimes it feels like you can kind of tap into that and that's sort of where politics fall in there but it's also like a stream of consciousness and you want to kind of try to like yeah like right, it's said, try to read the room in the, mm-hmm. in
3: the conversation of the group. Mm-hmm. At that moment, that Jack's Jackbox gathering. Oh, I, I, do, I do that all the time. Too. Sometimes you can
0: just were, were be you... fucking weird, and it <laughs> works. What, and that's of, where I try to go. One
1: of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite like uh, form of humor or whatever is uh, the callback. I love the callback, so I do that all the time. Where I'll make a joke about a joke that happened earlier in our own Jackbox. Yes. That's my. That's one of my favorite things to do. Is to, yes, is to make jokes too. about something that exists in our own Jackbox game. You know, mm-hmm. the, I think that's some of the best stuff to do.
2: I love, I love wordplay, And, and like I said, I'm not a big fan of dirty, but the only time dirty really kind of enters my world is if it's a clever word, play. you know, like it was like,
0: double or triple entendre.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm not like, it doesn't get in on the credentials of the dirty, it gets in on the credentials of the pun. Right. You know, right. um, like, like if there isn't, okay. An example, right. Like, if there isn't already, and I'm not a big porn guy, but if there's not already a porn movie called A Sale of Two Titties, there really needs to be.
3: Probably.
0: I, I don't, don't know. Two titties. <laughs> it's a like Jonathan two Swift titties. and Charles, or what's his face? Yeah. yeah. Um, they work together. <clears throat> Um, well,
2: we should totally do a Jackbox thing. And it sounds like sure, know, yeah. there's enough overlap, enough overlap in our sense of humor that we'll like each other, but enough difference that it'll be like not everyone making the same joke. Well, great, it, the, by...
0: the beauty of Jackbox also is like sometimes you just make a joke and like everyone's just like, no. And it <laughs> just like it just disappears because it doesn't advance. You, for, you
1: forget about <laughs> it, yeah. You, you never remember. <laughs> you don't remember the bad ones. you yeah. know.
2: I've been to Jackbox parties where literally everything is a dick and a fart joke. And that was no fun for me at all. Yeah, that's so no fun. Well, first of all, I didn't think it was what they were saying was any fu- it was funny at all. But then I would be the guy that would come in with something different, and it would get like zeros, you know, because oh, it wasn't a dick and a fart joke, right? You guys have that covered.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't really, I don't really do that for mine. I, I try to. I don't know. We I don't guess rule I'm, it out,
0: though. I mostly make don't it don't do current,
1: but yeah, I'm not really one to go like super vulgar or whatever with it. I guess I don't know. It depends. It depends on what my mood is or whatever my level of alcohol content is at the time as well i say you know?
0: sometimes vulgar makes the most sense
1: because because i think i feel it's like nice. one of one of the first times we played this i just went like i just went like for the ceiling like with a lot of these i just tried to make it as as offensive as i could and i thought it was pretty fucking hilarious at the time but you know
2: the, the closest i come to that is mad versity you know
1: where you're actually trying to trash talk the other person I didn't
2: play that Oh, you've got to play that! It's a it's a rap battle game. Yeah, that's the Monsters, one that we've been wanting.
1: I've been wanting to play that for a while, actually. Again, I think that's six, right? Is the one with the with five. the rap? Five, five five is the one that has a rap on it. Okay, yeah. Because I because I played it and I I I kind of hated that game because I would. It's my own fault. It's because I just suck at typing on the phone because my fingers are too big or something for the buttons for the virtual buttons, but I'll get excited about a line I'm going to have, and then I'll accidentally hit enter. And then, and then it won't like, (laughs) and then it'll come through and it it won't. And I'll only get like half and I'll be like, fuck damn it. And I lose like every time because I get too excited and I hit the wrong thing. And some, but some letters are too close to enter. And when you hit enter, it automatically ends it. So, you got nothing, and it fucking pisses me You're off. You're
0: talking Metroid Dread in a different way, right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer I prefer to play it with my tablet because it's bigger, and, and then I won't like fuck up the letters and all that. So, yeah. for
2: for me, for me, vulgarity and profanity are like a salt shaker. Use it. Use a dash of it. Use it sparingly. Use it artfully. Mm-hmm. Catch the people off guard and delight them that way. You sometimes know, sometimes like, it gives in context. It just, yeah, like it. One of them said to use a bad word, and I and I think it was like. I think I actually did like a stream. It was like, fuck shit, fuck shit, fuck. And it just was like the stream of... And it worked in the rhyme so perfectly, too. It was great. Anyway, so after the call, we'll figure out a Jackbox thing.
1: But uh, speaking of vulgarity and uh, controversial subjects, we should talk about Koichi Sugiyama, the uh, composer of the original Dragon Quest music, has died. I I don't know if you have... uh, Followed any of the stuff about this, but he's not really a well liked person. I guess it's kind of nope. a yeah. I, I have a I, I like I'm, I'm part of a group on Facebook. It's just called like Dragon Quest slime posting, as in like Dragon Quest shit posting. It's stupid, uh-huh. and it's all just like they put up stupid stuff about Dragon Quest. But it's mostly been fights about people feeling like whether you should be more respectful to his death, and some people just being like fuck that guy, he sucks, and I'm glad he's dead. So I mean. That seems to be the discourse, like on. I mean,
0: he was old as fuck in, in his, his old 90. guard kind of attitude. He's like, old as fuck. He also believes that. that
1: like Japan never did anything wrong, and like right. in, like World War Two, and like was you know denying yep. like war crimes and shit like that. Also like incredibly also super anti LGBT. Yeah, L- you know, super homophobic and all this stuff, and yeah, people <laughs> people and didn't unapologetically really like him, so. so yeah. <laughs>
0: He also just took the same fucking tune and just kept repurposing it over and over again, and like everyone's like, okay, well that's Dragon Quest, but uh, I you okay. know,
1: I I I mean I don't I don't care for his views, but I do like it was other I, people, I, I it like, was other people
0: yeah. that made it better.
1: I I do like a lot of the original Dragon Quest, like I I really like the original NES stuff. I think I think the Dragon Quest three has a lot of really good songs. I like the theme of Dragon Quest, the no 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 no, like I like that song. And apparently he only wrote that in, like, a few minutes, which is pretty impressive. But, yeah, I mean, it's...
0: He wrote a man, an anti-gay manifesto, and then he had just a little bit of space on the wall up. He's like, here's the Dragon Quest line."
1: <laughs> I mean, this was... I mean, he wrote this in, what, like, 85 or something? Like, when it was... Uh, or, no, it was even before that, right? Like, the original original Japanese one? I don't know. Yeah, it's just kind of... It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, he wrote some stuff... Yeah, he, wrote you, really he of, wrote
0: you literally like. It's hard to celebrate someone dying. Like that's not cool. But like, right. Yeah. It also <laughs> does open a lot of opportunities for where Dragon Quest music will go from now because it's really been kind of tied to him, and therefore it's been somewhat bland at times.
3: I, well, is he working on the series like on the last yes. one? Like, oh yeah, no, no. Yes. I mean,
1: wow. you have to realize. Well, I mean, this is a. I mean, yeah. It's it's they could. You can't change anything about Dragon Quest. Like it, you know. If you worked on anything, you worked on all the other ones. And and I, and I, t- you know, the I, I love Dragon Quest games. They're like my favorite RPG series of all time. But yeah, the music was not my favorite. But I mean, but I think some of the Super Nintendo NES stuff is okay. But I feel like the orchestrated versions of the stuff that was in like Dragon Quest Eleven was much better. So I mean, I yeah, if they could find that somebody was who's else. better, that wasn't him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just somebody changing his stuff. I mean, a lot of it With kind somebody of seems building like building
0: off of the foundation he laid, yeah, and, you know, leaving out the bad spots.
1: It, it's like it's like a march, it's like marching band music, I guess, is what a lot of people have said about it, you know, that, that what it sounds like, but whatever. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to discount the his, what he's done. I mean, Dragon Quest, I mean, Dragon Quest was like the, is, is the first. The first console RPG ever of all time. So, I mean, any any fucking RPG you play ever has something to do with Dragon Quest. So, I mean.
0: And although know. I don't condone any of his views, like, there's something to be said about, like, this old guard of human being, like, dying in a video game that's still so relevant. That's still so, like... I mean, they had their own direct, you know? Like, it, it was their 30, 30th anniversary. They did their own thing, but, like, it is a meaningful thing that this person passed away and I can acknowledge that, but
2: it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's one thing to, to hate something a person stands for. It's even one thing to hate Mm -hmm. a person, but it's, it's hard. It's a different thing to actually celebrate their death. Like, like, okay. All four of us, all four of us. And probably most of the listeners hate Donald Trump, hate what he stands for, wants him to be stopped. If he were to die, I would celebrate that he's stopped. I wouldn't, I don't think I would celebrate that he's dead,
3: That he's dead. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's still, there's still kind of a a modicum of decency there to just like, you know, let, let the people who loved him mourn. We're just glad that he's not continuing to wreck havoc.
1: Right. And, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm glad that he's dead or whatever. It's just, it's just a weird thing. You know, I was, I was never kind of really on either side of it. I was like, I think the music's fine. You know, I, it's I mean I don't you know I don't agree with any of his views and all that it's just kind of like I mean he was old I figured he was going to die. I mean die but in eventually.
0: a way it's it's strange because like you think of like Yamuchi you know I don't know if his views were quite the same but I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't some
1: extreme yeah, views kind of same in the and yeah, the same like that generation And and he's he's been, he's whatever, been gone yeah. for quite
0: a while but this guy was a relic of that age like this person like kind of represented it in some weird way like an anchor to the past that's gone now, you know, like whether it's good or bad, he was still there in this modern video game landscape,
1: like shaping how it went.
0: So in a way, like in a roundabout way, it is sad. I mean, it really is.
1: Yeah. But at least we'll have a different, <laughs> we'll have a different music person for Dragon Quest 13 so yep. or 12, whatever, songs, whatever, whatever it is now. So there you go. So maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be better. I don't know. I just had two things I wanted to mention
3: real quick in the movies and TV department one is that there's a new trailer for the new Resident Evil live action movie did you guys
1: see that nope <laughs> mm-hmm. i know i mean so, i i didn't even watch uh i mean i i didn't watch the Re- the Resident Evil animated whatever on Netflix i really give no shits about any sort of <laughs> video game i'll say this about movie it. So, anything
3: it looks like they're trying to use more practical effects which is a good thing and even the cg that was in there looked it looks decent it looks good the editing of the trailer was a little off to me uh there was like they threw in a creepy version of that four non blonde song and um, it was just kind of like why is this in here and i don't know it looks like it could, could go either way the visuals the cinematography looks really good but the way they put the trailer together is just kind of i don't know left me feeling a little bit uneasy um it's out there if anybody wants to wants to check it out. Okay. The, second, the second thing that I wanted to mention is that there is some new teaser art for the Shenmue anime coming from Crunchyroll. Oh nice. And
1: I love Shenmue, so I'm excited for this. Give me uh give me a reason to use my uh Crunchyroll <laughs> my Crunchyroll prescription that I have or subscription. I, yeah.
0: Your prescription, your doctor. Yes, yes,
1: yes, right. Yes, they they said, watch more anime. You don't watch enough. It'll help you in your life. You
4: know, you need Take to be more and Call me in the morning.
1: I'm, I'm waiting for them to put a Gundam Zeta on there. Then I'll watch it. <laughs>
2: uh, my my daughter, Chloe, she's she's getting into anime now. And um, so I think Crunchyroll is going to be a much bigger part of our world here pretty soon. And And one of the things I'm the most proud about, if she's with me on the whole sub is better than dub.
1: There you go. Oh good. I mean, yeah. well, that's
0: very good. That means her reading like level and comprehension is
1: pretty good. I just need to find I just need to find another show for Jess and I to get into cuz we were huge into Food Wars and we haven't found anything as good as Food Wars ever since. Which if you haven't watched that, watch that show. It's fucking so fucking good.
2: Yeah, yeah. I started watching Squid Game and I really want to get back to watching it.
1: Oh yeah, if, um, we were watching that earlier. It. It's I, haven't watched I have not lot of stream
0: left. in a while.
1: I got about halfway <laughs> into the
2: first episode and then I had to put it down. And I want to get back to it. But you know, most of the time look, most of the time when I have time to sit in front of a TV, I'm either playing a video game or I'm working on the podcast. I'm I'm not watching a lot of I mean me television.
1: too. I only watch TV <laughs> with Jess, unless it's wrestling. I watch that by myself. We watch game shows.
0: It.
2: We we watch we watch football, you know, and yeah. um
1: I watch that too. And but then, I watch Jess
2: yeah yeah uh but jody so Jody's much more of a nostalgic person for tv for games you know so she'll do she'll she has like five tv shows that she will just basically cycle through marathoning even though she's seen them a thousand times and right now she's on her like seventh 17th thousandth roseanne kick and
1: so oh god even if, well, uh, s- I spe- get it. speaking of uh you know uh separating the art from the artist there that's another one that's uh I don't know. It's hard for me to watch, just because her. I mean, kinda,
0: I get it, and also she Norm fell off too. Norm left Norm recently, Mc, and Norm yeah. McDonald.
2: Yeah, she's she's on a huge Norm McDonald kick, and he yeah. wrote for season five. I kind so. of
0: understand where why she would go there.
2: Well, I, you know, you're right, separating the art from the artist. But again, mm-hmm. I make the distinction between judge people based on make the distinction between who they are now and who they were then. Back then, she was no. a lot more progressive for her time, you sure, know. And, yeah. and
0: and I so. mean, she was recently enough that she was on a whole season of Portlandia. Like she was so rare. Yeah. If people
2: judged, if people judged me by who I was 10 years ago, I'd never be able to do anything everywhere, anywhere. You know what I mean? And so I really take that, how much I've changed as a person. um, And I try to apply that to other people. You know, she's, she's, she's done some despicable things recently, but she made some great art and she was more progressive
1: back then, you know,
2: and, and, you know, Jody and I watch Roseanne and we're like we see so much of ourselves in Dan and Roseanne.
1: Sure. You know no, I, mean? I mean, like I, I, I the I used to like the show a lot. It just it just saddens me that when you know hmm. that the person like has fallen off. I mean she was like pretty much full on QAnon. Like she said stuff about saving the children and all that she
0: stuff. She so, so is.
1: Yeah, oh, so she did uh, know that <laughs> she she would fall well, into him- it, yeah.
2: I quit paying attention after the, the, uh, the, the infamous tweet. Um, I mean, the, the children know,
1: thing was before that it was before like the one, you know, the one, mm. the, the planet of the apes one and all that, but mm. yeah, she, I mean, she had gone for a while. They even wrote it into the Connors, like about her Trump love and all that stuff in the first season, which I watched a couple of the episodes. I don't know. Mm. Doesn't
2: I, I saw the first, I saw, I think i most of the first season. So I guess I do remember that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, um, Never say for never say never or forever about anybody, because someone can, you know, fall into that right wing craziness, and then look at me. I'm, I'm someone who came out of it. Right. We so, do want
0: to. We do always want to assume because we what we think about ourselves that we're very mutable and we can change. You know, based on time. I know I'm just mansplaining what I just said. The word but mutable, but you're, you're <laughs> mansplaining it to men. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, like. If you have that quality yourself, then to a certain extent, you have to ascribe that to other people. Whether or not you like it, you have to look at things historically, which I think I'm following you there, John, where will the, to a certain yeah, extent.
2: Where will the pendulum be when the clock stops? I think that's the most important question. Mm. So, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I could support anything Roseanne would do today. But I still think I can enjoy her art from back then. Especially considering how much different a person she was back then.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Also,
0: it's a it just it's a really cool snapshot of like kind of what that pop pop culture was back then among the, especially among the working class because they latched on to Roseanne and like sure yeah. you, There's a very interesting like cultural like slice that you get from seeing that.
2: Yes, so. yes. It's even with as inauthentic as it is, it's it came probably as close to authenticity as a sitcom of that era ever did.
1: It just makes me sad to see somebody who's like so ahead of the curve in their prime. And now they're just like, it, it's just, it's sad to see, you know, people get a case of the olds, as I say, you know, where they fall into this <laughs> yeah. other thing. You I, I, I fear that for like any of my favorite people. Like I'm always afraid that like, like one of my favorite people of all time, Lloyd Kaufman of trauma, I'm always afraid that he's going to fall into the olds, but I think he's doing okay. But you know, you never know, like somebody you respect has been so ahead of the curve, and then I mean, they he's been and, pretty subversive and then they end up becoming something else well like uh, the guys who wrote like the the writers of like the Simpsons had the same thing you know where they were they were doing such great things before but now they've kind of fallen on the other side because they're rich and they just fall into this you know they don't understand what life is like for anybody so they you know it, it's just it just makes me sad to see that to see somebody who was so was so great at one point and they just what happened you know it's I want I want everybody to just be good all the time but speaking of when the clock stops, as you're talking about, which is what we need to do with this podcast is stop the clock at some <laughs> point. I guess uh, just one more thing. I wanted to mention that the Quake got an update and now it supports mouse and keyboard. I just want to say that because John Wedgworth is a fellow Quake fan. And you Man, could I actually. Now
0: it was just uh, Game Builder Garage that did mouse keyboard, right?
1: I guess that it, yeah. Uh, as far as I know, right. I guess
0: it just said mouse. It didn't do keyboard.
1: Well, you can use uh, when the when the switch first came out, like the very first year, you could use a keyboard to do tweets and stuff. Like we did it. Like I you know what? We tried it.
0: I, I used keyboard on uh, Animal Crossing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Me. Yeah, so you can use you could you could have used it on there for different things. It's just interesting that yeah, you could do you could like plug it in and be like mm-hmm. wireless. I wonder if you'll be you should be able to do that for uh, Knights of the Old Republic whenever that whenever that comes out.
2: Well, it certainly opens the door for a lot of interesting possibilities.
1: Because that, yeah, that game nights is going to that's going to be weird for me to play with a controller because I never have. But that's one of the main reasons I wanted to play it. But I think that does it for our episode. But John Wedgworth, you know, we have a joint episode coming out before this episode gets released, right? For both By of our episode- episodes. So why don't we talk about that?
2: Yeah, so by the time this episode that you're listening to today, listeners, releases, our episodes will have come out yesterday. Uh, but from the perspective of the day we're recording this, they come out day after tomorrow. Um, this is something, it was back in July. Um, I think, well, you know what? I keep wanting to shroud this in secrecy, but by the time this episode comes out, the episodes are already. You don't so have to. Everybody will already exposure. know yeah. about
1: it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2 is something I've done uh, with Hugh Johnson of Retro Game Club and an alumnus of the Retro League. And um, a long time ago, we were talking, every episode, he brings in at least one Falcom track, basically. And he's a humongous Falcom fan. And so, you know, we were like, hey, you know, maybe you should do a Channel 1 episode on Falcom music. And so we agreed to that. And right around the same time, I was just making idle conversation with Trey. And I think I mentioned that. And he's like, oh, interesting. I'm doing a Falcom episode, too. And so we said, why don't
1: I would say mine was more of an Ease episode, but it does have other Falcom stuff. But yeah, it was one that I had done that because I did a live stream of it when Ease 9 released on PS4 and I'd put together like just a stuff from like older east games and stuff like that and i was like oh well i did one of those and yeah then you're kind of like well we should have them released at the same time and now and it, yeah i'm still procrastinating i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna get do my opening tonight i'll have it done i'll have it done like by thursday okay. for sure i mean it's the, the the i already have all the songs together i just gotta put them in there
2: so um well yeah and he had his music together since probably july also but we uh we decided to wait till we could do it together and release them as kind of an it's not it, it, an unofficial it's an unofficial two-parter. And we don't have like this is part 1, this is part 2. It's just this is our half, this is Trey's half, you know. But it's the first ever episode. I've been doing Nerd Noise Radio. This month is the 5-year anniversary of my beginning production on Nerd Noise Radio. And um this will be the first time ever that a Nerd Noise Radio episode has come out that I've had zero hand in producing. Hugh has handled the entirety of this episode, tax, title, license. My only thing was putting together show notes, uploading it to, to Podbean, et cetera, and uh, handling the social media blast, which by the way, there was a, speaking of never happened before in five years, Podbean betrayed me. I, I usually pre-schedule my episodes, you know, I'll put them out one day and set them to release on that day. So whatever day and it happens. <clears throat> so on Sunday, I put it out to release on Thursday and it released immediately. <laughs> and I realized it within ten fifteen minutes and fixed it. But there's a, bound to be a small set of people who uh, whose podcast feed caught it before I took it back down.
1: My, uh, did you catch it? No, but Jess did. She she got it. She, her her she it. her, her okay. podcast app recorded already, and she said she read that you said not to listen to it. She's like, I won't listen to it, but I want to. And I was like, I was like, no, it's it's fine. It's just a thing that we're that we're trying to do together at the same time and I was like I'm sure you can listen to it it's fine I mean because her listening to it it's not going to affect I mean my like I said my track list is already made it's not going to change anything that I chose already but I don't want to it thankfully mine didn't automatically download it or anything like that but yeah it was a. Uh, I don't want it to affect my playlist but my playlist like I said I did it like last year so I mean it's been you know, I already streamed it and stuff, so it's already done. But it, but regardless, okay. what we're trying to say is, everybody, everybody if you're still listening to this now, uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, but uh, listen to Nerd Noise Radio, and um, you would have seen W R A R T Radio already be already on here because it will have been released before this episode. But
2: the last thing enjoy I'll say both of them. Is, yeah, the last thing I'll say about it is, as of this point on Tuesday night, I have not heard Trey's, and Trey has not heard ours. And so we don't know how much or how little overlap there's going to be. There might be, uh, Hughes and I's is 36 tracks long. So I don't know if there's going to be two common tracks, 20 common tracks. I don't know. So they'll release on Thursday, which is yesterday from your perspective. And you know what? Join us. We'll discover it together at the same time, how much overlap or how little overlap there is. I yeah. think that's fun. I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah. And you can be excited about Falcom games. <laughs> And all that stuff but yeah it did yeah i'm excited i it will be out by now but yeah check out nerd noise radio as which is where john wishworth is from of course and all that and i really enjoyed your uh your japanese episode that you did which you talked about last time you were here before yes released, n-
2: but nihon dake de. yeah um yeah Hugh had asked me right at the beginning of the episode are you sure that doesn't mean like wonton soup or something like that and i said uh i said Well, this is an important time to make the distinction between accuracy and precision, because I know that it's accurate to the intended purpose, but I don't know how precise it is. Maybe it means just Japan, you know. Um, But, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. And um, in December, December is going. So the October episode in partnership with Trey. And then November is just going to be a rerun. And then December is going to be a really big deal for Nerd Noise Radio. We're going to have on both the Channel 1 and the Channel 2 side. Channel 1, I'm going to be joined by someone in this this, uh, conversation right now. We're going to do a, uh, a... It was originally intended to be a bonus for Listener Picks Volume 1 from December of 2018, but it never got released. And so Trey and I are going to knock that out for December for Nerd Noise Radio Channel 1. And then Channel 2... Will be our first ever best of. We're going to uh, cover music from our first six episodes, our first five episodes, um, and that's going to be great. I'm really excited about December for NerdWise Radio. So you should be too.
1: Yeah, no, definitely check it out. Uh, Google it. You can find it. You can find New North Radio all over the place. And I'll I'll tag you on Twitter and all that stuff when I post this. Awesome. But uh, if you want to find more of our stuff, you can go to nintendomainpodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter, uh Jeremy and I. I'm at J I'm at Nintendo Domain, and Jeremy's at J Also, I I I uh, stream whenever I can at twitch.tv slash nintendo podcast. You can go on there and watch my three hour other M stream on there if you want, which I think that's the most recent thing that's on there. Also oh, you we did
0: another M stream, I didn't know
1: that. Yeah, you watched it. You commented on it. I guess you forgot. Nope. But yeah, no, I, I did another M stream like a week ago but oh no other
0: M. sorry i thought you meant dread sorry no
1: i didn't do dread no other uh youtube.com slash nintendo main podcast we got stuff on there as well um check all that out and if you like hearing us go to patreon.com slash nintendo main podcast our newest patreon only episode should be up by now where we talk about games that we thought should be included on the genesis and nintendo 64 edition to nintendo switch online So, it'll be an X-Pack about the X-Pack, because uh, (laughs) our show is called Expansion Pack, and we're actually also talking about Nintendo Switch Online's Expansion Pack, so it's like, worlds colliding, whatever, you know. So, (laughs) check that out. It only costs a dollar to listen to all our extra stuff, and we got a ton of shit on there, so it's great to hear. Plus, there's extra WRT radio episodes on there, as well, that are only available on Patreon, so check that out. But thank you everybody for listening to this episode and we've been your hosts i'm trey johnson i'm jerry Mikowski. john litter and special guest
2: saint john memory card destroying wedgeworth
1: oh no hopefully not <laughs> and hopefully uh, th- not. thanks everybody for listening we'll see you next week
2: see ya cheers